Yes, yes, the people. Welcome back to another uh, Pine Size Pod. I am today joined by a virtual room uh, full of legends. And if you get that res- uh, reference, you'll definitely enjoy today's pod. Um, I'm going to share a couple of beers over uh, over the NFL. Um, so we're sort of going to dive into our own NFL stories, uh, talk about which teams uh, we all support and our sort of out- outlook on the, on the season to come, maybe. And then the body of the show is going to be a one-round, no-trade 2021 uh, mock draft. So be sure to, to stick around for that towards the end. Um, how are we going, boys? You all right? How was life? Yeah, not too bad, mate. How are you? All right, good. Yeah, yeah, I'm all good. I'm, I, can't, I can't wait for the season to get started again. It's, uh, weekends are a bit boring yeah, watching Newcastle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully for me, when one good season ends, another yeah, good season. I'm not, yeah, I don't want to dive into uh, uh, football too much, but Joe's a West Ham fan, uh, so he's he's had a bit of a luckier season than we have. Misery, um, is, huh? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, yeah, just to let you know, boys, I'm drinking um, Aguila. It's a beer from Agu- El Aguila Sinfiltral, which is a beer from Sevilla. Um, it's nice. It's it's a bit. Fr- it's quite fruity to be fair. I'd say it's quite it's quite a lot like Hop House. It's quite hoppy. Probably a seven out of ten. Not a sesh beer. Bit too, I'd say it's a bit too fruity to to, to drink so much of, but no, oh, it's nice. It's nice. What are you drinking, Joe? Um, I have gone for an Aldi own brand <laughs> anti-establishment <laughs> IPA. 99 5.6 anti-establishment IPA. Don't want to go into why that we've got that, but uh yeah, it's actually really nice to be fair. Uh I panicked last night thinking that maybe some of you had had a few rogue beers already. So I went oh, for no. one that no one's defo having. No, I'm, 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 <laughs> no one's gonna have that. There's no, yeah, you definitely. I'm not. I'm not drinking Andy Old Brand uh, anti-establishment beer, lad. But I can. Uh, you're obviously, you're obviously taking heed from recent news stories. I say, um, I like the, I like the topic, the topical beer that you've chosen there, Joe. Yeah, What's out of ten? What is out of ten? I give it a seven. You know, for the percentage, it's very drinkable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Aguilar's five point five. Can't get well. the fact that it's bought in a massive batch, probably somewhere in <laughs> yeah, in Germany or something, and shipped over for four p a can. Definitely been shipped. What are you drinking, Ross? Well, I was going to call it Estrella. Is it Estrella? Is that how it's pronounced? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, Estrella Dam. The boss little did it in honor of yourself, Alex. Yeah, getting all the, the Spanish references in there. I'm drinking a Spanish beer, Ross drinking a Spanish beer. What's that out of 10, Ross? That's one of my favourite beers. Uh, so it's probably a good 8 out of 10. But it's, yeah, it's out of 10. On a weekend for me to be drinking. So um, if I fall asleep during the podcast, then... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I feel I feel privileged to be sharing one with you over over this uh, over to, uh, over this topic that I think we all we all love. And uh, Nathan, you're not actually participating <laughs> because you're I've in got a, some, uh, a Muslim bars, country. man. Oh, many water. Oh, uh, oh, many water. Three or four out of ten. Three or four <laughs> out of ten. Does a job though, doesn't it? it keeps you keeps you hydrated in that. I'll what's do it for te- me. What's the temperatures out there soon at the minute? It's uh, thirty six today. It's absolutely wow. roasting. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not bad. Nathan's Nathan's um, out in Oman. Is it Oman? You know Oman? Yeah, it's Oman. Yeah, Oman. Whereabouts in Oman is it, Nathan? It's Dukum. It's like a little port town. It's on it's on the rise. Keep an eye out for it. In ten years' time, it'll be. Be the place to be. <laughs> it's the next Dubai. <laughs> the next Dubai. Um, that's what it claims. It, that's what it claims. All right, perfect. Um, okay, so just to sort of literally to dive in without even without without too much um, too much talking about other stuff. Um, I'm just going to ask you what your teams are, and then what you think the record your team's record will be next year. I mean, there's a lot of things to consider, and it's I'm not going to hold you at gunpoint to say it. Um, but and then 
if you can mention maybe three things that you wanna that you wanna see from your team, like not it doesn't have to be so. Um, I know mine aren't in depth either. It doesn't have to be so in depth. It's just a just to get an idea of what the teams are at, what we can expect from you guys who are everyone who is. I mean, we have two Packer fans in Joe and Nathan are both Packer fans. So, but everyone is having a home pick. So I'll be picking for my team, the Panthers. Ross will be picking for his team, the 49ers. And and Joe, I think you're picking for the Panthers. Pick, yeah. yeah, I'm sure we'll, you and Nathan can have a bit of a discussion yeah, yeah, about that one later. He's more than welcome to come in yeah. and uh, <laughs> put in, no problem. Uh, I was actually going to think, should we pick away? So should I pick, should we all pick for different teams? But then I was like, if we're going to make this a realistic, if we're trying to make it as a real, realistic mock draft, then, I mean, that's not how it works in real life. You pick for your own team. So, <laughs> I mean, it makes the most sense to, to do that. Um, so, yeah, three things that you'd like to see, maybe including in the draft, in free agency, or um, it, as a as a as the as the even as we get towards the season, maybe as the as the season comes closer, what you what you want to see from your team can be something to do with playing, can be something to do with personnel, something to do with coaches, whatever. So start with Russ. Russ, what's your team, and what do you think their record is going to be? Okay, so it's the San Francisco 49ers. So there's been a mixed bag in the last few years. Seems to be a bit like West Ham. I suppose one good season, one good bad. So. It's a tough division, the West. I think the Rams, a good team. I think the Seahawks will always be there and the Cardinals on the rise. So uh, as much as I love Kyle Shanahan, he's, he's under 500 as a coach. I would okay. take I would take an 8-8 eight and eight or a 9-7. and seven. I think with the uncertainties that we've got, which I'll come on to if you want to know what, what the three things I'm looking forward to, I think there's certain key positions that just don't lend themselves well to anything like a 13-3 and three or a even a 12 and four. I think we're away from that. I think we don't score enough. So that would be the reason why. So, right. yeah. Um, I, I think personally for the 49ers is the West is just impossible to predict every year, especially with the Rams now, probably going to be the strongest team for the next couple of years. Yes. You'll, do, you'll do well to get a winning season in the next couple of years with your current squad. Yeah. Yeah, no, with, a, with a West, definitely. It's, it's definitely one of them... One of the divisions that you look at and you think you you look at the the final rankings at the end of the season one to four and you think, well, last year like you, I, I'm not sure I haven't dealt I haven't looked into it but you look at it and you think that I'm sure that ranking was reversed last mm-hmm. year or whatever like it always seems to be someone else at the top but it always seems to have two 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 teams in the at least two anyways two teams in the playoffs always seems to be two in there. All right, Grace Ross. Uh, so mm, you'd be happy you see you'd be happy with an eight and eight season. Where would yeah what would that get you on a step on the ladder to if you if you have an eight and eight season that year this year then what, what would you be what you'd be looking for next year, I guess. Yeah. Well we'll come on to this later as well. It could be the last eight and eight season the team can ever have. But yeah. um I think oh, true. Yeah, what what it does is um I just think it's really about staying healthy for the 49ers. And I think we're an eight and eight team if the quarterback situation stays the same. So what I would like to see is maybe a a season where we are eight and eight, nine and seven, but next year we go in and really sort out the quarterback position. I think we're still probably a little bit in limbo picking at number 12 this year. I think the good quarterbacks will probably be gone, but I'm just not certain that Shanahan's bought into Jimmy Garoppolo since the injury. And I think it's probably the reason I think it's a, a season of just getting steady again and resetting, especially with losing the head coach, you know, the coach that's gone to the Jets. I think that's, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, I think 
Well, the 49ers, interestingly, we only, I think we only minus 14 on points. We only sort of, I think we only gave up 380 points, but we only scored 376. So it's not huge changes, but we just need, I think, a run of 16 games under centre for one quarterback. And we'll yeah. see where it goes from there. That, that That's kind of why I think it just doesn't get a lot better, even though I, I do think Shanahan's one of the top three or four coaches in the league. I still think he's hamstrung by other things, to be fair. So, do you like Jimmy? Not really, not anymore. I think he's he is what he is now. He's not very mobile, which I think you have to be. And I don't think he's got a great arm. And I think he looks away from his first read. His next read is pretty much an interception. So he hasn't got that poise that he looked to have when he first came from New England. Whether teams have figured him out, I'm not sure. But and and I do think that knee injury when he took off in his first you know full season has just set him a long way back. And he's never really seen they've got to run a game since Alex. So yeah. Not that I think he's particularly poor, but I just think he gets you to, you know, eight and eight. I think that's what he is now. So yeah, I think I, I think I can speak um, from experience that we we have a guy that's very similar, which I'm hoping to to maybe address in the draft. I'm not gonna not gonna give too many things away, but hope, hopefully some guys are there that I can that I can pick from. Okay, great, Ross. And um, what sort what sort of things that you did you mention anything that you wanted to see over the next couple of years? Or? I want to see them stay healthy at the key positions. I think yeah. lose a few anyway, but um, you know through free agency. But I think players like Borsa. I mean, D Ford's been a, a bit of a disaster on the health front as well. So I just think if we can get healthy, stay fit, I do think that's probably the biggest success we could get this season because I genuinely think we were. A, the 12 and 14 last year with everybody fit and firing, but it just it just has not happened. And I half expect that when we pick our draft pick, he trips on the way up the podium and he's out for eight months or something. But it's just <laughs> the way it's gone. Um, but that would be my big hope. And I think as well, with Salah going to the Jets very quickly, just be good to see if we can keep that intensity in the in the coaching. Because I think we stayed in games on coaching for about two or three quarters last year before talent and tiredness you know, worked against us. So I think just staying fit and healthy and getting that defence on that same level going into the new season will be the two things I would really look for from that side of it. Great, yeah, great to know. I mean, 49ers, for, for, for one reason or another, I've always seemed to keep track of the 49ers. Uh, they're one of the more interesting teams, certainly in the league. Maybe it is because of that um, because of that rivalry in the West. You know, it always seems, one game always seems to be on prime time at some, some point or another um, Pretty much every week, really. There always seems to be one of the teams always competing, and 49ers are certainly, certainly a team that I'm going to be looking forward to to seeing how things develop this year. Not only because um, of, of conversations that we have daily, really, about it, um, but for my own enjoyment of, of just watching the games. That's great. Um, we'll move to Nathan now. Nathan, tell me about your team. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, which is, I've been quite lucky, I would say, over the last mm-hmm. maybe. 10 years in terms of how much success we've had getting at the playoffs. Majority of them times bar injuries. Um, I, I kind of I picked them up. The Packers is a weird one because I picked them up because I played this game called uh, NFL Street on my PSP. <laughs> and right. like, yeah, and I just picked them randomly. And I, ever since then, they've, they've been like, I'd say one of the, I think over the last 10 years, it's got to be one of the most consistent teams in the, in the, in the league. And we're coming mm. up to an interesting couple of years now where your, your main quarterback, you know, your Hall of Famer has come these last couple of years, probably. And it's kind of when, do you, at what point do you say, like, that, that era's over and the next one begins? It's like, when do you start planning for that? But I mean, it's an interesting it, couple of years coming up. 
for sure, man. It, it definitely could definitely could end up the sort of way that uh, it did with it did with Favre and then it did with with Brady as well. You know, that just an injury or, or or something happens where where Rogers maybe ends up out with the team for a couple of weeks, and then whether your guy is is Jordan Love or whether it's someone else, you know, someone just comes in and and light and sort of lights the world on fire, and you go, "Sorry, Aaron, and you you, know, you you owed a lot of money, but." You know, um, we we found we found sort of a, a younger, better, a younger, newer model. You know, a better, a better model. Um, that could certainly happen, and that's definitely uh, one of the most interesting. I think Rogers and his and his and his attitude and his moodiness are certainly uh, something that's in very interesting always about the Packers. But like you said, you've been very lucky. I think um, one of the only teams I, I would say there's there's a few there's a few of them rumble out there. We'll, we'll definitely speak about them when we sort of co- come to each team in the draft. I do want to speak about sort of each team, just a, a spitball about each team individually when we come to them in the draft. Um, but you're definitely one of the teams that certainly in, in my in my recent memory of being an NFL fan for the last 10, 10 years, probably um, you've always seemed to be there. I'm not sure if you've been to the playoffs every year in the last 10 years, but you definitely, you definitely six, seven, eight times you've been to the yeah, playoffs. I think we missed years. it once or twice. Yeah. Last season under McCarthy. And there might have been one post Brett, Brett Hundley year as well. Yeah, Brett Hundley years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think we missed that yeah. one or two times. But yeah, we are there most seasons. Yeah, exactly. So that is obviously as as good or as bad as a season is, um, and the amount of stories that come out of it. The ultimate goal is is getting a ring, you know. And you, like you say, you can't if you you can't win the win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket. And buying a ticket is the is the, the the personification of buying a ticket in the NFL is, is getting into the, the playoffs. You can't win if you don't get in the playoffs. And I think the Packers, the pack, no matter how good or bad or good coaching or bad coaching or good quarterback play or injuries or whatever, you always seem to to grind something out and, and make it there, which I would consider as to be good. Because once you get there, man, I think I think we all know anyone can can do it. I don't think anyone had the Bucks as favourites this year when they got when they got to the the, the I mean they got they got into the wild card. Just like that's what I mean. So um, anyone can win it. So you've been very lucky in that in that respect. Um, but you seem like you know it. So that's fair play. I mean, there's nothing nothing worse than an entitled than an entitled NFL <laughs> fan knowing that oh yeah we we're gonna get like I think we all Pats fans Pats fans are like that and they 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 sort of uh, expect to be in the in the in the in the big game every year now. Um, so Nathan, what's the three three things that you want to see this year from from your pack? I would like to see Rogers get a top tier weapon to help Adams with Adams on the side. So for the last, I, I like that stat where I think it was in his career he's thrown a touchdown to one first rounder. I think it might be, yeah, which is a mental stat considering the career he's had. And um, I would like to see him get maybe a first round help this year. We'll, I mean, we'll see where we go with the pick, but because I think there's other places that maybe need addressed as well, but. I would like to see him get a bit of help on that side and maybe make the offense kind of like it wasn't at times unstoppable last year. Maybe maybe take it to an even another level again and possibly suitable kind of contention level. Yeah. But um, another thing I like to see is like, I like to see the defense get a little bit better, especially the biggest problem I think for the last couple of years is up the middle at linebacker, especially. I think um, we're just really weak there. I think teams who tend to beat us are tend to be the ones who can grind with down like. In, through the middle, I think we really struggle when teams can do that. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to see we come a lot tougher in the middle if we can somehow rectify that position. And we saw, we saw, then, 
Yeah. Sorry, just to, just to jump in there, just to, just as you were talking about the, the inside linebacker position, we saw yeah. what sort of impact Devin White made for the books. He was a he, yeah. he probably was the, the Super Bowl MVP. You know, he probably he, he flies all over the place. If you get a an inside linebacker that can play really aggressively, really sort of scary in the middle um, to to big boy backs coming running running between the between the tackles between the gaps and um, in the A gap or whatever. But then you have a player like Devin White who flies sideline to sideline. Like you can't really, you can't really plan for that as a as an offense. You can't say, right, well, we'll we'll throw it into the flat because he's going to be there and he's going to smash you for loss. You can't you can't throw over the middle. Then you then you haven't to throw. And I'm sure I'm not an NFL coach, but I'm sure every coach will tell you this. Games get harder for quarterbacks if they have to throw out uh, outside the numbers. You know, you start throwing in the middle of the park, it get the game becomes a whole lot easier. You have to throw every throw outside the numbers because you've got a Devin White lurking inside. In the pass game, like you said, in the run game becomes immeasurable, his, his talent in the run game. But then you get these freak, freak inside linebackers who can just do everything. And um, if you if you take away the middle of the field in that way, um, it certainly becomes harder to stop. So if, if the pack gets someone like that, I think, um, I think it would be scary, so specifically for other teams in the division. Yeah, I think um, that that would be one of the missing pieces. I think, in terms of last year, I think there was there was a couple of instances where I thought maybe that's what we're missing. S- similar to wide receiver, there's some games I think the coaching could have been a little bit better, but you can't really knock Lafleur. I think he's been one of the best in the last couple of years for yeah. scheming up different against different teams, and he's he got it, possibly got it wrong against the Bucks, but just things just didn't work out in that game. It was a bit, it was a bit of unluckiness as well. I think some of the officiating maybe. But uh, agree. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's one. Well, I, I like. Yeah, I think. But I think next year, going to next year, seeing about the record and stuff. I think I could. I don't think I don't see us being as strong this year. I don't. I don't know why. I think there's. I think we'll probably lose a few in free agency. I think, I think Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams both out of contract. And all of a sudden, you lose that two massive weapons in the backfield if you don't re-sign them. And it's uh it's a different year, I think. I, I can see us going 11 to 5, still having a win record, but I don't think it'll be as comfortable as it was. And I, I can't see Rogers having the kind of year he had again last year because that was just like, that's ridiculous. Kind of the year he had last year was I've never seen, never seen him play that well since probably 2014. I can remember that kind of time. Yeah. So, yeah, fair enough. I, I get that. What do, what do you think about what, what do you think about them things, Joe? Do you, do you agree? Yeah. Uh, free agency is my main one, to be fair, as well. Um, I'm happy to let Aaron Jones go. I know he's probably a top five running back. If we depending on how much Jamal Williams wants, we might have to let him go as well. I'm happy for AJ Dillon to be running back one next season. Um, obviously, our game is like play action, let the running game dictate the passing game. So if we have some cropped running back or someone that will get injured, it will suffer us massively. But Aaron, jo- I don't think we can afford Aaron Jones and probably not Jamal Williams anyway, so they'll have to go into free agency. We've not franchise tagged them, so I think the game's up with them, really. I'd have loved for us to try and re-sign our centre, Corey Lindsley. He's also coming up to free agency, just because, A, he's one of the best centres in the league, and he's, like, indestructible. I think he's missed, like, three games in eight years or something, which for alignment is, like, mad. And two of them were this season. Ross could do with one of them. Yeah. So, like, obviously, (laughs) our O-line was really good last year anyway. Um, and like Elton Jenkins could move to centre and all these things could happen. I feel like if you have a nice settled O-line, the problem is obviously we paid back Tiari as well, an absolute shit ton of money. So <laughs> so that means he's going to want some, maybe not as much, but something similar. 
Um, it's just how we like, balance the books with these. I just feel like with the Packers, they're all just going to go. Yeah. And then we're just going to have to be left picking up pieces with whatever they pick from in the draft. Who, who did you tag? Who did you tag? Not franchise tagged anyone. You didn't tag anyone? Didn't tag anyone. I don't know what, like, I don't know how, like, Nathan feels, but I have absolutely no confidence that we would address these in the draft anyway if we let all of these go. <laughs> <laughs> and as a experience, it's just not, it's just not been fun. Like, I'm, I'm sounding like we're like a 4-12 and 12 team, like, I feel like we will get twelve or thirteen wins again. That's sorry, that, that's us. That's us. We're yeah. oh. five and eleven. <laughs> but you know, yeah. Uh, so so yeah, we'll we'll still have a winning record. We'll still be twelve and four, thirteen and three. Um, yeah, the lions, the lions are still terrible. We'll still beat the bears. We'll still beat the Vikings. Like I've got no problem with the division at all. Um, but it's just how we now can develop with obviously yeah, Rogers being in his last couple of years, who we're gonna get from there. And we've got we've got a really aggressive team for now than in the future, because I think after Rogers leaves, we're gonna we can have to have down years. We can't just be a consistent yeah, yeah. forever. It's not possible. Yeah, we know that the, the league is the league is doctored towards towards um inclusivity in, in the in the sense that bad teams can become good. What we've seen Ross Ross's team, the 49ers, went from the worst record in the league to to one of the best to a Super Bowl, you know, to 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 a Super Bowl in one year. So the team, the team, uh, the league, sorry, is definitely doctored in that respect. That good teams have to become bad at some point. Um, and it, and it, I mean, I say have to, um, tongue in cheek, really, because I mean, we've we all seen dynasties like the. I mean, the Chiefs are probably going to have a dynasty. Um, but I mean, what what do you need for a dynasty? You need a you need an all time all pro. Hall of Fame level quarterback, you know, and, and they can solve all issues, you know. Um, and they're still you're still not going to win everything, but it certainly would keep you at, the, at that sort of level. And it has kept you at that level for a long time, like you say. I think uh, the main issue in the next couple well, issue, the main concern, the main uh, pro- the priority, I guess, for the next couple of years for you Pack fans is replacing or. Sort of, I think you definitely want to get someone in with with Aaron Rodgers. Um, the thing that the the thing about Rodgers is, like we said, he's, he's sort of a bit moody, isn't he? He's he's, he's not a. I think he, I think he plays it, lads. I don't think it's like he, yeah, he, he definitely does play persona. It. Like he's, the thing is, he's like he's on so many interviews over the years. If someone asks him a shit question, he's not scared to just pipe in them off. Like, and I've got absolutely no problems with that. But when did it? We lost to when we lost to the Bucks the first time. Like you know, after we won our first four, he was getting so much hate for it because yeah, he was terrible and he threw like what his sixth or seventh picks of his career. He just had enough of it. He felt like he didn't deserve that kind of treatment for how he's played all his career. So yeah. if you were in his position, you'd do exactly the same because he is good. You know what I mean? He's he's good enough to chat oh, chat shit about it when he's, when he's consistently that good. The only thing that's the only thing you sort of ask for them for these sort of players in the NFL because obviously one of the things about the NFL is what well, every team has fifty-two players and the amount of them that you see chatting shit on social media completely outweighs the amount of them that you actually see in the news for doing things on the on the on the on the field. So I mean, once when someone does chat a bit of shit and they've got some they've got some uh, walk so to speak to back up that talk, like a Jalen Ramsey, like you say for example, he chats a lot of shit. Um, mm-hmm. But he also locks down a lot of great players, so he's probably got some. Uh, he's got he's got some. He warrants that sort of talk, I guess. Um, yeah, 
I think with the pack, that's definitely definitely the priority. Um, just to go back to that, you didn't. I can't believe you didn't franchise anyone. You didn't tag anyone. I don't remember the last time we franchise tagged anyone. I mean, it is. It is. Sorry, but I reckon it's six or seven years. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I mean, the the Panthers seem to tag everyone, someone every year. Um, I was actually watching a piece about it. One of one of the Panthers reporters. Uh, we're saying about yesterday we've tagged Moulton this year. Uh, yeah. I'll come on to talk about that when we when I when I talk about the Panthers for a couple of minutes in a second. But uh, it 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 does shift a lot of especially when you restructure contracts and you tag people. Obviously that tag counts. I think in the first year I think the tag however much you pay I think Moulton was fourteen mil, which is a lot for an OLM. Yeah. Um, but like that's what I mean. Tags that's why you want long deal. That's why you want to sign these long term deals with your best players because if you tag them. Oh no, you've got to have to pay 12 million, 14 million. And then you've got to you've got to then that I think in the first year of a tag, 80% of the salary counts towards the cap. And then in, if you tag them for a second year, a hundred percent of their salary counts against the cap. So that's obviously the bad thing about tagging. So if you have a well-run establishment like the pan, like the Packers, sorry, you probably you probably have the have the leverage to just let players walk. And like you say, once you're a good team and once you've got people like Rogers like Devontae Adams on your team, people are going to come back for cheap. You know, that's that's what we've seen with Brady. We've seen a whole flock of of talent Following. running running to the books just to play with Brady. You know, Antonio Brown did it, whatever we think about him. Gronk did it coming out of retirement. Um, loads, of, loads of guys like that. Fournette. Um, yeah, Fournette, um, Levante David, who I thought was easily just going to walk. Just signed another contract because he's like, right, well, we've just won the British Super Bowl and Brady's staying for another year. He signed another contract. So I'm I'm signing the contract as well. I'm staying here. Probably for a bit cheaper than he would have done. Levante David for me is one of the is one of the best inside linebackers in the league. Uh, everyone's like, oh, um, um what's his face? The inside the other inside linebacker for the for the books, the guy that I was just talking about before. Completely Devin White. Devin White, there you go. Devin yeah. White's Probably just going to take over his crown as 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 the big boy on the in the front seven for the books in the in in the linebacker core, and then the Levante David just goes, oh, no, I want to stick around. So these big boys have a massive pull, and in that way, you guys don't seem to have to use the franchise tag, and we have to tag players because we're not very enticing for a team to for a team for for players to want to stick around. You know, they they they're not sure that they're going to get a ring here, whereas with use every year, people are. People are pretty confident that they're gonna at least get a good run for their money, so to speak. No, I think that's a fair point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, just to just to continue on with mine, then I definitely want to see. Um, I'm obviously a Panthers fan. Um, I think next year we're definitely not all there regarding pieces, um, which is why. I mean, I'll talk about. I, I don't want to spend too long when I'm when I'm talking about this in the draft, but I don't think we're gonna go. I don't think we'll get Watson. I don't think we'll. I don't think we'll sell the house for Deshaun, and I don't think we should. I think we're if we were a quarterback away, um, which I don't think is is completely untrue to say. We're definitely a quarterback away from contention uh, for the division at least, especially with pretty much everyone going to be coming on a down a down year in in our division. Apart from probably the Bucks, who who are going to be pretty hard to beat this year, but the Saints aren't going to be as good this year. The Falcons are always crap. Um, I'm picking for them, and they're getting a punter in the first round this year. So, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I I don't think it would be un- completely untrue to say that we're 
we're a quarterback when we're a quarterback away, but we're definitely not um, in terms of longevity, especially like we we owe a lot of people, we owe some people a lot of money if we signed Deshaun Watson for. 45 million or whatever it wouldn't be that this year but the next like if we signed him on a five-year deal the next five years he's getting 45 million now that that ties up a lot of your cap space and i don't think we have enough pieces around him around him on the offense yes but i mean if we wanted to play games that are 47 to 45 every week then that would that would be a way to do that you know you'd be playing farmers and you'd be playing farmers and, and lawyers in your defense at that point so um uh, no, I I definitely want to see big boys tied down to big deals before important situations. So if we, I think we've got until June or July to to wrap up a deal with Moulton. I definitely think we should need to do that. Um, I definitely do want to see the quarterback position addressed. Uh, Teddy, as good, this is what I mean about Teddy. Um, I was watching a uh, Matt Rule and, and Scott Fitter our new our new um, our new. Um, a new lad, a new lad in the in the head office. Um, their press conferences this week, and they they shadowed a lot of what they said about Cam Newton when well, what Matt Rule said about Cam when 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 Max first came into the building. So I'm sort of like, oh, do, do they not like? I, I, it looks like sort of Teddy's on his way out. I mean, he unfollowed the team on Twitter and all this stuff. Um, and then Matt Rules come out and say, no, Teddy's our guy for now. I mean, as, as soon as a head coach says that, it's, it just sort of spells the end, doesn't it, really? And much, I mean, how much dead cap do you have if you get rid of him, though? Because isn't he on like a not on like a mil. bad deal? He's, he's on 20 on million a, for, the, he's on for the next good year. Contracts to use, isn't he? Yeah. That's what I mean. That's there's the there's, there's going to be no chance that he'll get cut. We, we'll definitely not cut him, but um, he, he obviously, Matt, Matt Rule had to have that. Uh, that interesting conversation with with Teddy saying, "Listen, look, we uh, we tried to get try to trade you for Matt Stafford <laughs> because we did we like I'm saying all this about Deshaun Watson. We've already have put a massive bid in for for Stafford and obviously didn't get him because mm-hmm. because we didn't offer anything for Goff and obviously it, it, it suited uh, sorry for um it suited both of them teams to to swap you know they they yeah. they they rank Goff in, ahead of Teddy which who wouldn't I mean Goff's not great but Teddy's worse." Um, and Teddy, for all of a good man, for for the great man that he is, I I, I, I presume, and from everything that I've heard, he's an he's an excellent leader, a great guy to have in the dressing room. He's just not great. He's just all right. He's he doesn't he doesn't do anything specifically um, like an eyesore, but he, he also he also doesn't doesn't fill me with any hope or excitement whilst I'm watching the games. So in that respect, I do think we need to 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 solve that problem. Um, whether that be bringing it, it, it seems more and more likely that it's going to be bringing a guy in at eight, um, unless we decide to move up, which could be an issue. Uh, obviously, we're not going to be we're not going to be mooting that today because there's no trades in our mock draft. Um, but we could move up from eight. I think it makes a bit of sense to move up from eight. Definitely, definitely. Um, if we stick at eight, we can't pick anywhere other than than quarterback. I'd say even if. Even if three three guys go, obviously we know we pretty much know exactly what number one pick number one is going to be. Yeah, uh, it's going to be Justin Fields to to the to the Jaguars if if it's a rough pick. Uh, so no, um, even if three guys go before eight, I, I still think you have to do it. I, I, we're not gonna. Well, hopefully, obviously we're in a bit of a rebuild, so we're hopefully not going to be picking at eight again for a while. Um, so in that respect, I think if you do think if you do get if you do get earshot, if you do get word that 
that maybe the Jets, the Falcons, and the Eagles or the Lions are picking are going to pick quarterbacks, which there will be so much of because especially if you're a if you're a Jets team who in the backroom staff go, we don't actually fancy a quarterback, but let's chat. Like we're gonna want a quarterback because well, teams like Carolina about offering Donald up, haven't they? So for me, that's a that's a no-brainer for them going yeah. for it. That's what I mean. A new team comes in, they take them one look at him and go, no. Like, Mm -hmm. what I'd say about the Panthers is you're in a weird place because you pick eight and there's some good quarterbacks in the draft. They could, like, you could literally five quarterbacks could go in the first 10 picks here, like, quite easily. And, like, you could be left with the fifth, well, fifth best. You just, it depends, doesn't it? But you could be picking a QB five in the draft at pick eight or something ridiculous. And it's like, yeah. if I was if I was a quarterback, I'd say Panthers. I have the top ten teams here, top ten pick, one of the more attractive teams to come to. You've got a great wide receiver core that no one talked about, like Samuel, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. That's unbelievable. Any one of them would walk into the Packers wide receivers, wide receiver too. Unbelievable. You've got a group, you've got a good O line, even though Teddy does run about uh, <laughs> losing his head yeah. after the time when he goes through his progressions. But, like, I just think the only way is up from a, a quarterback comes to use. Like, I think it's a good stepping stone to get going. Yeah. And, like, like um, I think Ross was... Ross, did you want to did you want to chip in with something there? Yeah, just to say, Alex, that I would actually trade for yeah. Deshaun Watson, um, if I could, simply because I think Joe said it there. I think you're going to be picking at eight. I think you're not going to get an elite quarterback. And I don't think you'll be picking much higher than eight in the next three or four years. And Hopefully not. No, I just genuinely think that it's it's worth it because I think Deshaun Watson could be your 10-year quarterback. And I think in the division you're in, this well, we don't know what's happening with the Saints, but there's two teams that definitely are going to have a downside on quarterback. I would do it because maybe I'm more of a gambler, but I just think if it was a possibility of getting Deshaun Watson, I think that turns your franchise around. Yeah. And I get the reasons you wouldn't want to, but even if it was four firsts and one of them was a swap for this year, I wouldn't be... Yeah massively against it if I was a Panthers fan because I think he just I don't see a Deshaun Watson coming out that's going to fall to the Panthers in the next 10 years if oh. if you do well under Tepper and uh, rule stays and does what he looks like he's going to do I think you're always going to be a mid picked or, or you know lower again the 20s so I, I just that was probably one thing but it's easier to say from the outside to what you're seeing on the inside but um, yeah I would go all in for first sure. Round, I mean, first round picks are not lottery tickets as well. Like, if you give four first round picks to the Texans, I guarantee they'll piss them all away as well. Yeah, yeah. That's so, what I mean. There's, there's no, there's no guarantee. Mm. Um, I, I do, I do, I get, I completely get where Ross is coming from. And listen, if I was to check Twitter now and go and and to see, oh, Panthers are giving away four firsts and trading probably a couple of guys uh, to the Texans for for Deshaun. Then I would be over the moon, and and at that, at that point you start to, you sort of, yeah, you you go okay, we we're not going to have any cap space, but I think like we what we talked about with the Bucks and and with the Packers that immediately creates interest, brings people to your team, and goes, oh, I want to play in Carolina with this guy, or I want to play. I think Matt Rule, I think Matt Rule is a brilliant, brilliant young coach, and I think he's done so much uh, at his time at Baylor and at Temple, and I think he, he definitely has the he has the the knowledge to 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 keep doing that, and I think he has done that. We we showed so much improvement last year, and um, a guy like a guy like um, Deshaun Watson would be his would be king in Carolina. Like play play, people would worship him. We saw what the franchise was like when we had when we had Cam 
there. I mean, it was it was crazy the amount of people that worshipped Cam, and it was sad to see what happened to him. Um, but at the end of the day, Cam wasn't good enough at the end, and and it was sad. But like you said, Ross, I I do agree. I do agree. Uh, I think like you like you said from the outside looking in from from the inside looking out for me, it's more I'm worried about a team that still doesn't have the pieces. Um, would we still have the pieces to, to let Deshaun succeed here? Hmm, I don't know. Would we have enough cap space to then bring other people in and pay people like McCaffrey and Shaq Thompson? And we're massive. We have no corners. Do we need to pay a corner? Uh, do we get one in free agency? Who knows? We just, I, for me, I, I don't think we have them pieces yet. But cancel that out. You've got Deshaun Watson, probably one of the top three quarterbacks in the league under centre for probably the next 10 years, like you say. So it depends which avenue you want to go on. Like we spoke about, we spoke about this before, Ross. We said um, there's plenty of different ways. There's not only one way you can win a win a Super Bowl. There's lots of different ways. And I think that def- definitely trading for Sean Watson would be one way to, to win a Super Bowl. Whether we go that way, it seems unlikely now, but until the the end of April, when this, when this all happens, who knows what's going to happen, you know. Deshaun seems like he's very, very... The jury is out that Deshaun does not want to play in, in Houston anymore. Um, and whether that means he's holding out this year, whether that means that that them guys are gonna have to trade him. I mean, we saw the we saw some of the 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 Texans backroom uh, coaching staff and um specifically the um some of the guys from the office come out this week and say, listen, the situation hasn't changed with Deshaun. We want him to be a Texan, he's our guy now. And then at the end to go, uh, who knows what's gonna happen? Like we'll see, he's our quarterback as of now. But so then that, that means, that, mm, are they still listening? Because the last thing we heard, they weren't listening to any offers. And I heard, I heard that, that David Tepper was, was ringing that phone every day. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I, it would be great to see him here. It, would, it really would. But um, yeah, that's definitely addressing the, just to go back to, to what I fancied, definitely addressing the quarterback situation. Whatever that may be, uh, is yet to be known. There's a lot more people with, with a lot more intelligence and a lot more... Um, a lot more football now than I have, um, but we just need to address it, whether that be free agency, the draft, or tr- or trading for for a big boy. Okay, um, just a, just a, um, quickly because we that that lasted that lasted quite a long time, but it was it's 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 fun, it's fun, man, it's fun debating all this stuff, and that's that's why we that's why I'm doing this podcast because I, mean, I think it's it's really. Uh, it's at least gets us some sort of football, um, coherence football interaction in the off season here. Uh, what would you boys think about a seventeen game regular season? Ross, you mentioned before uh, it's probably the last time that the, the Niners could go eight and eight. Uh, what do you think? What would you think about a seventeen game regular season? I personally don't like it. I think an odd number is some teams going to get nine home games, some teams going to get eight. I think um, I think it's wear and tear on the players and. I don't know. I don't like it. It'll push the Super Bowl back. I understand. Yeah, 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 definitely. Later in the year for that. And I don't see the need, I'm sure. But when I was listening to the Around the NFL podcast, obviously the NFL's managed to ride out COVID and is increasing its TV deals. And I understand if companies are pushing to have, you know, Thursday games and even maybe Monday becomes a thing with Tuesday as well, perhaps we're talking about. I think Friday will be off limits with the college football, but. I just worry that saturation could kick in and players' health and well-being becomes a secondary importance. So personally for me, I quite like the 16-game season. 
I don't really, I'm not even a fan. We'll not go down that road of the expanded playoffs, to be fair, either. I think no, no. I kind of like it that like you fail and you fail because you're not very good. But yeah. for 17 games, I think it's always going to be coming. The danger is then does it become 18 and then, you know, things like that. So for me personally, Alex, very quickly, I'm not really in favour of it, but I'll tune in and I'll be watching Red Zone. For and, sure, for sure. Regardless, so yeah, thanks. Like you said as well, uh, yeah, the the I think the extended playoffs is a non-starter. It just sort of is just an extension and at that point of, of the regular season. You get a really good team playing quite a bad team and it just becomes a proverbial arse whooping. Like, it, it makes no and sense. NFC it. especially, but, but yeah. what was it? Super wild card weekend, we called it. There was some yeah. really, like, definitely the AFC was pretty stacked and made some decent games, but the NFC had some really poor wild card games. And it was almost like... like really the dead games as well. Like, I know, like, Washington had to be in the playoffs regardless, but they're like, you know, like the Bears and stuff. Like, it was like, you just scrape through. Obviously, I've been biased as a Packers fan, but you just scrape through, and then your reward is you're getting that seventh seed. And no. on the flip side, you can be 13-3 and three and have to play in the wild card. Yeah, so that, the number one seed goes in. Like, it's, it's just really harsh. That East was absolute torture to watch this year. That really hurt my eyes watching anyone from the East play this year. Um, all right. So um, what about then on the other side? I I personally am I'm in, in favour of this. As, like you said, like Ross mentioned before, this year, as many wouldn't have expected, as many, many maybe we wouldn't have expected it to be as such. But this year has been really successful. There's been very little. Okay, there has been some expected and, and fair enough there's been some in, um, interruptions and some problems with something specifically the Steelers being knobheads so, <laughs> uh, was it the Steelers or was it was it someone else Titans Titans was it the Steelers that had to play the Titans and yeah the Steelers had to I play someone on Wednesday closed their camp and things like that didn't they? yeah um, there was a couple of things anyway yeah so then some people then argue well there's no point in having four preseason games because What's the point? There's no, there's little to no revenue in that for the NFL either. So, what about a reduction in preseason? Would we, would we be on board with that? No, not at all. No, like we had, we had a lower pre, we had a work like obviously preseason was nearly scrapped basically this season, and like the injuries, there's, there's the definitely direct correlation between the lack of preseason and the amount of injuries in the NFL. It's just not fun for anyone, and the Packers escaped it almost with like probably having some of the lowest. So this isn't even something that's really directly affected us. But you're getting teams where by like week three, they've got like two receivers are running back out. We've got quarterbacks dropping, like franchise QBs dropping in the first four weeks. I know some of this happens anyway, but like if you've not, you're not match ready to go at the start of the season in the NFL, you will get injured and it mm-hmm. will be serious if you're not careful. Yeah. So I, I'm personally, I, I, you, need, you need the preseason. What do you think, Nathan? Sorry. Um, I, sorry, Ross, sorry. I think the preseason is necessary, personally. I think it's the perfect time to see, for instance, some of these new draft picks, especially some of the later round ones, maybe ones where you, you kind of assess them. That's the kind of perfect time to see if they're fitting into your scheme, getting people up to fitness, getting people up to like game time. Because obviously, in training, you're not going to be playing like full contact and all that. It's, it's the perfect time to get up to speed in preparation for the season, as Joe was saying about injuries and stuff, I think if you don't, if you don't have a proper preseason, you're going to see a lot of problems that the Niners had uh, and a lot of other teams where you, you're not seeing the best players on the field at all times. And I think that's what you want as a viewer as well. I think if you're tuned in to watch the NFL, 
you always want to see the best players and the best team, best players playing for each team. And it's it's disappointing as I, I think the Niners, for instance, could have been a playoff team this year. And it's disappointing to see things like that. And I, I think preseason has a big a big part to play in people staying yeah, first. For sure. Personally. Ross, Ross, what's your what's your take? Yeah, to build a little bit on what, what Joe had said and Nathan really, I think you, um, was it Tenenbaum that was on one of the podcasts recently? Yeah, what, yeah, Tenenbaum, Mr. T. Yeah, it was quite a good suggestion he had that I think if you're a veteran, you can maybe sit it out. But I do think it's the younger players who are fighting for roster spots, who are trying to learn the playbook, who are trying to get used to that intensity of what the NFL is going to bring that would really miss out from a shortened preseason, make their job harder. But whether there's an opportunity for the Tom Brady's of the world to elect not to play because he's put himself through 20 plus years of being hit and hurt, I get that. And I don't think that would be something I'd be against. But I think for those players who are more in the rookie stage of their career, I just think it's absolutely essential. And it is the way that you because of the contact being limited because of the CBA. I think it is what they need to do still, but there seems to be a push against it because they probably want to play more games that make money rather than don't. So, um, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same camp. I I can see both sides. I can see that people are sort of just like, oh, like it's sort of a bit of a, it's an impatient view. To be like, oh, sack the preseason, play two games, whatever, and then get straight into it. But like you say, at that point you have, you have players not up to speed. You have maybe, um, like like Nathan said, the, the best players are then getting hurt, getting niggles. And like you say, probably one of the worst injury, sort of injury-based stuff in the NFL is just the little niggles that keeps you out one or two weeks and they come back and the niggles come back and then the the, the regular season isn't long enough to sort of then get rid of them. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think that, 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 that there needs to be some give and take there and maybe reducing the preseason uh, isn't, isn't, isn't the greatest of ideas in terms of, in terms of, um, the preseason isn't isn't for the the consumers, isn't for the the spectators. That is then a preparation for the spectacle, which is the the, the NFL season. Um, so, with regards to the spectacle of the NFL season, there's been some games where just like I, I was listening to Cowherd, and I'm sure um, there was someone else that he, that he was talking to. I can't remember who it was. Uh, maybe maybe Adam Schefter or someone like that. Um, Talking about the overtime rules, overtime is just a bit boring, and it's also a bit unfair. Uh, what do you think we can we can? I've seen a couple of ideas mooted. I know Bill Belichick published one. Oh, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why it was specifically Bill Belichick posted one, but um, yeah, like I've seen some things that you know we've we've seen the CFL and we've seen the uh, X XFL. Uh, sorry, the FCF and the XFL. So they're the two they're the two variations we've seen, and they have sort of strange things going on. Um, strange different rules like specifically the FCF fan control football you know the fans have decided pretty much every rule that's gone into that book and we've seen it it's massive I mean it's it's huge some major props to them though, man. They, they, they really got it right and I, I think next year they've moved a, a combination of the two so maybe like a full um, not quite full. I mean yeah full 11 on 11 because of, like the, the FCF this year has sort of just been like 7 on 7 backyard play hasn't it um, so maybe an 11 on 11 but sort of a fan input league, which would be immense to say. I'd be really interested to see how that worked. Um, but what could we do to change overtime um, to make it a bit more interesting for the fans or a bit more, a bit fairer? Because, I mean, it, it seems you have a team like um, the, the, the example that, that, I, that I'm going to use and then what I saw on, um, what I listened to on, on, on I think it was the, the Around the NFL podcast was, the, the Rams, um, the Rams got the, 
Uh, it was I can't remember who they were playing anyway, but the Rams obviously this year were a probably top one, if not top one, top three defense. Hmm. So they they won the toss of the of the of the uh, overtime, but then they were they they were one of the only teams that have gone well. I'll defer it because they know that they can stop whoever it was against. I can't remember who it was against, but they just deferred deferred their their, their overtime because they know they had a very dysfunctional offense but they had an immense defense so that they, they could all automatically just half the field that they would have to play and then be playing to kick, be playing to kick a field goal. Like, so it, it, in that way, the sort of overtime and then obviously the other way, if you have a really high power offense, if you win the toss, you won the game pretty much, you know? So then it becomes a coin toss game. So what do we think, what, what sort of things could we see changing in the, in the overtime to make it, is that, not, is that not tactical though? Like fair play that the Rams would do that. that that's fair play, yeah. Time. But I just you know mean, what I, mean? Like, I think that's clutch in the same way that you've got maybe an offense that's tidy, like it's been a thirty-plus scoring game for each team, and then they win the toss. They deserve to march down the field and give it go if they win the toss. Yeah, I but that's what I mean. Really, so obviously, the toss winning is obviously the massive importance yes. of it. So like, then. You have get you. Would have, you do something where you'd like eliminate field goals completely and then just like shorten the field for both teams to give them a drive? I think I what Belichick says at all. So I, I've not really seen any of the update, like, updated rules on it. But I, I would eliminate field goals and give both teams a go from a shorter field. But then that obviously elongates the game even more because both teams will have to. You know what I mean? The whole point of overtime is ideally it could be done in five ten minutes. I think what Belichick there's two there's two there's two specific ideas I've seen mooted. One of them was the one that Belichick supported was a 10-minute game, um, no kicking, so no punts, mm. uh, no field goals, and whoever is leading at the end of that 10 minutes uh, wins the game. If, 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 there's, if it's a draw, it's a draw. It just means it's a bit shorter because, like you say, you play 60-minute games, we're talking about injuries and stuff. Like, overtimes, it is quite long. I mean, I know it's only five minutes less than, than a normal overtime, but yeah, it's it's just in the a, last in the last couple of years, a lot more games have teetered out in a draw after overtime yeah. as well. Like the um, people going for it in overtime seems to have dropped completely. Yeah, like it's literally like teams would happily kick a field goal when someone kick a field goal to draw the game at the end. It's like yeah, isn't that the NFL's not about that? But that's what it's gone to now. They've yeah, because people used to say you'd rather lose than draw, and now it's like now bloody take that draw. Like, I think I do. I do think that that's the stance that the NFL is sort of sort of leaning towards on it, as well as like what they said with, like uh, Ross was saying about the the seventeen game regular season. I think that is they're appealing to the fans in that saying, like you know, the American mantra: you can yeah. win or you can lose. Pick a side. You know, the draw doesn't suit American sports. I mean, they're like a draw for them is like, oh, what, what was a bloody point watching that game? It's a, it's a draw. So you heard their stance on it. That, that's their views on cricket. How can you play a five-day game with ends up in a draw? They want, you can win or you can lose. Like, that's their, that's their stance. So, like, um, in that sense. The other one that I, that I did see was then, oh, also in that 10-minute in that game with uh, the, the Belichick supported. Um, so there's no kicks, no punts. So you can end up, like, fourth and 30 or whatever. But then if you don't get that, the other team starts on their own 20. So you don't like reverse the field. Um, so that makes it a bit fairer, maybe. Another one I've seen is just literally give two teams one drive. Give both teams one drive and whoever whoever um, comes out on top of that uh, wins. And that, I think stats come into that as well. So like that would be stats like 
um, yards gained, if you get an interception, whatever, you know, that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's just interesting. I mean, I don't want to delve into it too deeply because there's loads, loads of different rules you can change. Uh, is there anything, Ross and Nathan, any any ideas on that? Any any opinion? Uh, personally, for me, uh, I've not really had any issues over time. Personally, I, I can't think of any instances where I've been like, oh, the rules were a bit rubbish there, but it's rare. I, I suppose it's rare. It, I think the, the, the idea is you suggested. I like the idea of one drive each. Yeah. I like I like the idea of one drive each and it kind of just gets it over with quicker. Yeah. And that's what it's not, it's, it's, as you say, overtime can just drag a bit and sometimes you're watching it, you're going, oh, it's just like petering out with a draw or something. Yeah. At least if you get if you get one drive each, you know you can go all out on that drive and it's it's kind of like it's, it's over and done with it within however long, isn't it? Get all but, your trick, get you get all your tricks. It's a tough on. one, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but that's what that's what I mean, and um, I think it was it wasn't it wasn't might have been Sessler on the on the pod. He was just saying like, unless like different to the normal games, all of us will watch like normal NFL games and 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 quite happily sit and watch them or watch the red zone or whatever. But then after red zone, if there's an overtime game on, you're just a bit like, oh, unless it's your team. He said Sessler was like, unless it's your team, you're just not that arsed. Really, unless like unless it has a specific impact on your team or it is your team, you're just not that bothered about watching it. So like, and then at that point you're playing 15 minutes extra a week. There's more chance for injury. Your best player gets injured in, in an overtime game that means nothing. What happens then? Like people are going to be screaming for overtime to be cut short. So yeah, one drive each, I think is probably a good way to go. Um, but like 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 we all said, uh, you don't see too much overtime for it to make too much of a difference. Uh, Ross, any uh, any opinions before we move on to the to the to the draft? Finally, I think Baltimore Ravens had a weird one where you, the team that loses elects where the one the other team to start from, which seemed a bit it was a bit a bit Las Vegas gambling, which I didn't quite yeah, get yeah, yeah. around fully. Personally, I think it's obviously must be about TV scheduling again, where they don't want games running into the later games. Um, for TV reasons, will be one of them. There's not a lot of overtime games. Um, would I want to see the Chiefs versus the Rams in a shootout in overtime? Yes. Do I want to watch the Philadelphia Eagles against Washington doing it? Probably not. So I would probably personally say that if it's a tie at the end of normal time, the away team wins. Because I think it negates some of the... There's a home field advantage that I think if you've gone into somebody's stadium and held that team, then if you want to think about player safety and time on the field, I would probably say that that's, that could be one alternative way to go, that it's kind of like away goals in European football, you know, that you reward the team that's been on the road, that's done it the harder way, I think. So that would be one different way of doing it. But Belichick's short at game makes a bit of sense as well. But it, it, you get two games a season probably, so I don't know if it gets overblown mm-hmm. in people's minds. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree with the points with the points made. Um, all right, boys, that was a, that was very interesting. I, I, I enjoyed that very much. Are you ready to get into, into, the, uh, into the body, into the... The first, the, the first round of the NFL 2021 draft. Go on then. Let's go. <laughs> right, Ross. Uh, who are the Jacksonville Jaguars going to pick at number one in the 2020, 2021 NFL draft? So there's a punter in Alabama that we've got Brian. on. No, so um, Trevor Lawrence, obviously from Clemson. He's 34 and two as a starter. You know, he's the most. He looks the most quarterback. Yeah, sorry, NFL-ready quarterback probably since maybe Andrew Luck was, or you know, even Peyton Manning would probably have to go back as far as that for someone who looks like he's just tailor-made for the NFL. Was he about six foot five? 
You know, he's, yeah. he's got a great arm. He seems to read the game well. He's got Urban Meyer coming in, you know, a college background head coach. Probably what we're talking about a little bit earlier, I think he reignites the franchise. I think, you know, Jacksonville's been a bit of a, a basket case for quite a long time. And if you think of the state of Florida, how quickly that's turned around for their NFL teams in the last two or three years, that was a, a dreary football in Tampa and Miami and Jacksonville. But I think Trevor Lawrence is, um, you know, nobody's going to be expecting anything other than that. And he's, he's going to make them, you know, box office. I think they're going to be on TV more. People are going to be more interested in them. And I think a team that's really struggled to have anybody who's a who's a Hall of Fame player has really got something exciting to get behind. And what it's also going to help the Jaguars with is that for two, you know, for three or four years, he's not going to cost them very much. So they can get some weapons around him. Yeah. Hopefully they'll learn from the mistakes that the Bengals have made about making sure that as good as he is, he stays upright. But yeah, it, it'll be Trevor Lawrence and I'll keep yeah. it as that for everybody. So one to one to one hundred says that it says that it isn't Trevor Lawrence. Um, I definitely agree. Um, like you say, you keep it short and sweet talking about it. Uh, you could say, I think as well, Urban Meyer was the own like Trevor Lawrence is the reason that Urban Meyer has gone to the NFL. He's he literally is the only reason. No one, no one else is going to have that pull. Um, like you say, Miami, Tampa Bay, you know, them teams are looking in Florida like reignited the sports the sports industry in Florida really. Um, and it's all looking up for 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 um, Florida-based teams, and I think that this pick uh, number one with uh, Trevor Lawrence from Clemson going to um, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think it makes a lot of sense. I don't think anything else makes sense. And uh, Urban Meyer is going to get his guy uh, number one overall. Uh, obviously, I was a Clemson fan when I when I um, when I when I do watch college, and I can vouch for this guy. He is a phenomenal. Not only player, he seems like a phenomenal guy, and he's definitely a phenomenal athlete. He's one of these guys. He's six five. He's quite slender. Maybe that's a knock on him. Um, he can make all the throws. We've seen it. I don't know if any of you guys have watched his pro day earlier on. Clemson had an early pro day for him because, like you said, it's pretty much obvious what, what's going to happen. He's put so much on tape that nobody. He didn't even need to throw during his pro day, but he was just throwing sixty yard bombs to receivers. They were. It was absolutely crazy what he put on on, on his pro day. Um, he's also another thing that, that people are going to watch out for this year. He's sneaky fast. Like he's 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 sneaky fast. He's he's not going to come and, and be a Lamar Jackson and run a, and run um, a four three a four four. Uh, he's obviously not going to run the run the forty yarder. So he's not gonna he's not going to come and he's not he's definitely not going to be a run first quarterback. But that's one of the that's one of the good the, the plus points on, on his draft profile is. He, he, he can read the field and he doesn't he doesn't come off his first read. Maybe a couple of the quarterbacks that I've got that maybe I'm going to take later on. They do get stuck on their first read a bit. Trevor Lawrence isn't one of them guys. You look at his guy, you look at his um his stats at Clemson. I think he's thrown TDs to about uh 20, 20 or 30 guys um during his time at Clemson. He definitely doesn't get stuck um on his first read. He doesn't get stuck to one guy, he doesn't have favorite guys, he just throws to the best guy open. And that's 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 one of the things about Trevor Lawrence. But yeah, one thing to watch out for, I do think, is he's gonna run away from people when he gets an open field. He's he's definitely not gonna trip over like a like a um, a certain Giants quarterback that I that clear, I seem to remember doing on an eighty yard run. But yeah, he's sneaky fast and definitely definitely deserves to be number one overall. I was just okay. Well. Yeah, so go on, Ross. I don't think the Jags are a one in fifteen team either from last year. I think he's going into a very good situation because. He's not going into the New York market either, which won't put. He's going to go somewhere where 
there'll be some pressure, but I don't think he's going to have the bright lights of going to a really big franchise where, where maybe they've had a Hall of Fame quarterback at some point. I think he goes in there with a re... I think he's, it couldn't have worked out better for him as well. So I think it's it's an excellent opportunity for him to, to grow into that position as well. So I think there's less expectation if he'd gone to somewhere like the Jets or something. So that was just to add on that point yeah. as well. Urban, Urban Meyer, uh, uh, um, an obvious quarterback whisperer as well, a well-known quarterback whisperer. So, he, yeah, like you say, he couldn't have really landed in a better position. He, I bet he's counting his chickens that the Jets won a couple of games last year as well because <laughs> um, that could have gone terribly badly. Um, all right, yeah, like I say, don't think Trevor Lawrence cements his pick as number one. Don't think there's any any change there. I think the, the real draft starts now with... Joe, Pepper, who's, who's picking at number two for the... Oh, well, the, the guy that has the terrible pick of going to the Jets. Um, I'm picking a quarterback as well. I'm going for Zach Wilson, who is quite far down on your list for some reason. Yeah, uh, from, uh, from BYU. Um, what about BYU, yeah. Yeah, I think this is a no-brainer for him. Like, I know, Alex, you also rate this guy as well. For like, sure, mate. Yeah, this for is sure. the one guy I have seen, yeah. It's, it's mad. He, he really reminds me of Aaron Rodgers. I know I'm going to, obviously, as a Packer fan, I'm going to be saying this. His, like, compact throwing motion and, like, speed he gets from the ball is just unbelievable. And what I would say is, obviously, it's a risk coming in at number two, picking this guy that whose breakout season was his... Was, was this season. He made li- literally no impact in his first first couple of seasons in college football. He's just gone he's just gone off this season. But if you're the Jets, you've got to be taking a risk. And I know that there are obviously three other quarterbacks that's going to get picked quite early. But like if if I was Mike LaFleur fitting in that offense, that Robert Saller offense, which we're going to say is similar to the 49ers offense, yeah, let's just make that assumption. Yeah, I think he'll take it away this, a lot. This is the best guy for it. He's got unbelievable arm strength, kind of like a Justin Herbert, Brett Favre-esque mm-hmm. guy. And I'm, uh, I'm really shooting for the stars for this guy. But no. like, he's, yeah. he's pinpoint accuracy. I know college football again, like coverage and all that stuff. We know we don't need to go through. I like. How I mean, BYU playing a decent in a decent division, yes, so so yes. he hasn't he hasn't. Uh, yeah, I just think it's like he avoids pressure in the pocket, like Aaron Rodgers. He's sneaky quick as well, with fifteen rushing touchdowns in college. Like my only things would be, yeah, he's had one breakout year. Like he's not as consistent as someone like Trevor Lawrence, but then he's not the number one overall pick. And his O line at BYU was the best by. Miles in college football, like he was chilling in the pocket. I think oh, I can't remember. The next, but it's like his pro football focus grade in the pocket was like ninety five in comparison to like sixty out of the pocket when the line breaks down. So that's one thing to worry about when the Jets are a bit of a revolving door at O line. But with his sneaky speed and like decent weapons, like I can't see anyone else other than him going to the Jets. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, you could the, the Jets. I mean, so what happens to Donald then, John? What what does what happens to Donald? Uh, well, I think they're looking to trade him. If not, he's just gonna he'll have to just sit there. Sure. Yeah. Tell you I'll tell you what an interesting. Still rookie, he's still on a, his rookie contract, isn't he? When was he drafted? Twenty eighteen. Two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, two years ago. So, right. like, at least at least to compete, at least to compete with him. But like, they'll be looking to trade him. But it's not like they're going to get the world for this guy, are they? Let's you want to. 
Tell you what, I did see an interesting NFL quarterback. That's the problem. Yeah. So an interesting uh, um, thing this year uh, was in the. It's actually in the past couple of. I think yesterday maybe I saw it. was Nathan Nathan introduced me to the world of uh, three team trades in the NBA, which I completely didn't understand. Uh, but then I saw, um, like we were talking about as well, Joe, uh, yesterday in the in that in a chat was um, the Bears seem like they really want Russ. The Bears really look like they're going to try and give the house up for us. So he's, he's already the Bears' fourth best quarterback of all time, just being linked with the Bears. <laughs> 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 so like that's what I mean um, and I saw I was listening to Cowherd I think it was just last night I, when I was in bed I was listening to it, it was like could it be possible the first the, uh, the, I don't know if it be the first but an NFL three-way trade that Russ goes to the Bears um, and then but obviously the Bears don't really have a quarterback to give <laughs> the Bears don't have a quarterback to give back to see the Seahawks so, so does then does Darnold well they have two but like, I mean I'm I'm better than one of them so, <laughs> um, and, he, and he's got a ring. Um, um, and then does 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 the Jets then the Jets can then take uh, give Donald to the Seahawks in exchange for a couple of guys as well? I didn't look into the massive intricacies of that, but it's certainly interesting to think about. And of course, um, uh, Donald and um, Pete Carroll are out of the same college. They're both yeah. out of US, both out of USC. So um, you know, it, it's interesting to think about. I think I definitely think. Do you think the? I mean, yeah. I'm, I don't. I'm not going to go into it massively, but Zach Wilson is certainly a. Nobody's going to. Nobody's going to. Uh, to beat you down for for picking him there. Mm-hmm. He's he's certainly a very talented guy and and a guy that like you say just one of his downs maybe is he just came on the scene this year. Like nobody really knew who he was last year, and then he's had an amazing year, which you can't you can't really say anything about. It's an amazing amazing year, is an amazing year. The stats speak for themselves. Um, but yeah, it'll be certainly interesting. And I don't think the Jets go all in, certainly on maybe like a a, a lineman or someone else to, to back they it up. They do have the cap space though, so they could they could ideally want to build this team around him. But again, whether they do. Think it's not something that if I was a Jets fan, I just wouldn't be confident that they do would be making them plays. But like mm. at least they they will they ha- they will draft a quarterback pick two. It just depends who it'll be, yeah. and it'll either be Wilson or Fields. To be honest, okay, okay, interesting take. Uh, all right, there's number two then. Zach Wilson, quarterback from BYU, going to uh, the New York Jets, landing in a spot that is certainly going to get him in the in the. Get, get the New York the New York press talking about him in the news. No, it's not an easiest place to land, New York. So hopefully, hopefully he lands on his feet. All right, let's move to the Miami Dolphins, who received this pick in a trade of Houston. Probably the worst thing Houston could have possibly done. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but yeah, Miami suddenly end up after Houston have a completely horrible year, and Miami end up with pick three. Uh, Nathan, who are you picking? Um. I've I've went for what I would go with. I'm I'm not sure I'm not sure if they'll do this in the draft. But I think if I was building a team and I wanted to give this, I think two as the man, you want to give two of the best chances to succeed. I'm going with a tackle, so I'm going to go for uh, I'm probably butchering his name, Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell. Yeah, I think in I'm free already. agency, 
I think in free agency they'll go after running back. It might be Aaron Jones from the Packers. I wouldn't be surprised to see him end up there. And I think if you're gonna, if you genuinely think Tua could be your man, I think you give him the best chance to succeed, and you give him a running back, which is a big weapon, and you also give him a tackle, which is like the backbone of any great team, a good offensive line. I think the other thing, obviously, I think they could do. I think they could go for a wide receiver, but I think. I, I think Jamal Chase is people are talking about him being a generational kind of talented wide receiver. But I think if you initially, I, I can't justify picking a wide receiver that high, personally. So I don't think a wide receiver has ever went into a team and changed, went, took it from a, a bang average team to a, a suitable winning team. So if I'm building a team personally, I'll take a tackle at this, at this position to help. Miami, are Miami still in a rebuild then, or are they, are they, in, a, are they in a winning year this year? I, I can't see them. I can see them getting the playoffs this year with a, few, a couple of good draft picks, and maybe some good moves in free agency. I still think they're. A, I still don't think they're good enough to maybe make a strong run in the playoffs, personally. But I think with these kind of picks, they can get. They could definitely get close out of that, and then maybe build on. Maybe maybe next year you might see them kick on again. But I guess it all depends on what two is like as well. Um, yeah, man, if he's well. if he is the man, then we'll, we'll find out maybe this year. Yeah, we've seen. I've seen a couple of Bama guys, uh, Jalen Waddle and and Devonta Smith, who's obviously coming off a Heisman Heisman winning year, um, saying that they prefer Mac Jones to Tua. Uh, Tua went in the top two, top three last year, and Mac Jones isn't predicted till till fit till mid to late rounds this year. Um, so let's, like you say, it's it's all about whether Tua is the guy, man. I, I don't think the jury should be out on him just yet. Uh, like you say, I think you've got to give him um, a bit more time, you know. And he didn't look so bad. Tua is an accurate guy. He's not going to give you. He was the same at Bama. He's never going to be electric. He do, he's he needs some support around him. But that that's not so bad. I mean, quarterbacks do need players around him. Not, not many, unless you unless you're Lamar. Even Mahomes has 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 pieces, man. Um, unless you're Lamar or that sort of that sort of quarterback that, that that makes things by themselves, like a watch, like a Deshaun Watson. I mean, Deshaun Watson hasn't had anyone for his whole career. Um, unless you're that sort of guy, you need pieces. So I don't think the, the jury should be out on tour until he then fails with a supporting cast. And certainly given them Panay Sewell, um, this big, big, big boy out of um, Oregon, which is your team, Nathan, Oregon Ducks. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a home pick for you for sure. Um I just say that that pick, if that does come off on draft day, that that I think that could throw the draft wide open as well because I don't think anybody hasn't gone to Miami, but I think it makes perfect sense. And Nathan's quite possibly ruined my draft order that I have to go through. So, um, yeah, we're all we're all. I can see everyone scribbling down. Yeah, the papers, huh? <laughs> I knew he was going to go early, but yeah, like like for me, I I would be surprised. Like Miami, there's a lot of value in that pick. I wouldn't be surprised if Miami trade. Traded that pick yeah, yeah. Um, they've got they've also got a different day. Do you know what I mean? But like, it's it's a class move. As I said, if you get a franchise left tackle, Packers, yeah. Ravens, just signing them boys down onto long term deals, it's massive. It's yeah. absolutely massive. I think on your list, Alex, he was the second best player in the draft. I mean, in that's yeah. And I think there's always been a thought that they would try to a last year and then no one that had the number three pick or a high pick. But yeah, they'll not take a quarterback. I did think they might take a wide receiver. I thought that's where you'd go, but there we go. So you've, you've ruined it for us. So. <laughs> <laughs> I 
You've ruined it for us. Um, okay, yeah, Nathan, I, I think yeah, you've you've given your points very well there. Uh, Penesula, uh, a monster, monster guy. On my, I did have Penesula as number two because I think he has the most upside. I don't. This is maybe in a maybe a, a bit of a a bit of a controversial opinion. I don't think he's the most refined tackle coming out of college this year. Uh, maybe we'll see that later on. Um, but for certain, with his size and with his absolute strength, beating people as a tackle on the outside requires both speed and strength. And he certainly has both in abundance, um, which is why I had him as, as number two on my board. I think he's a he's an immense guy, and if he can if he can adapt and if he can learn learn his skill set very quick in the NFL, he's certainly going to be a tackle in, in in Miami for for years and years and years to come. If 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 they do go that way, come drafty. What we've seen about, um, especially with the draft as well, is the athleticism and just like the general freakish nature of players are what teams prioritise. Like who had Henry Rooks going as the first wide receiver last year? And it's just because he is an athlete. I believe that they can teach the actual teachings of how to play the game. Coaches believe that they can actually teach it into them. You can't teach a guy to be six foot seven, yeah. quick, strong, yeah, 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 yeah. can you? Like that's just natural. So that's why go for them guys over someone who's maybe more technical I agree I agree um, okay I think that brings us to me picking for my divisional rivals the Falcons uh, pick number four um, there's a couple of ways I can go here um, the Falcons like I say like we said when we mentioned before I do think they're coming they're, they're going to be on a down year this year um, I do think they need uh, a fair few pieces. I, I don't think you can look anywhere else. Is Julio going to stay? Is he going to go? I don't know. Um, I just think with the, with the situation that they find themselves in, I've got three players lying in front of me and all three are on this page that I've got open here. All three are in the top eight players available um, and they're all different positions. I think here um, you can't, if you're a Falcons, you can't get rid of you can't get rid of Matt Ryan this year or next year. He's contracted to two years. The dead money with their team in a rebuild would be unimaginable. So I don't think you can get rid of Matt Ryan in the next two years. Also, we're not looking at Falcons team uh, Falcons teams in the last few years and going they're a problem on offense. They don't have any offensive problems realistically. To Todd Gurley, he was a piece that this year that I did think would work out a little bit better for them. Um, they had Brian Hill, uh, a running back who filled in some some gaps for him. Um, but ultimately, I don't think they're problems on offense. However, I do think they're going to pick up their quarterback of the future here, and they're going to pick Justin Fields from Ohio State. The Falcons are going to pick number four, Justin Fields from Ohio State. They can't get rid of Matt, um, Matt Ryan in the next two years, but after two years, I think um, they're maybe not done with, with, with Matt Ryan. Um, but I do think Justin Fields at four there, uh, for a guy who who did beat Trevor Lawrence in in the in the national in the Natty Champ uh, this year, um, I do think there's there's a lot of upside to this guy. He moves really well. Um, he he throws a very catchable ball. He throws to open receivers. Ohio State haven't got the best receiving core, which is why he stands out to me at four here. I do think that, like, if you look at guys that Trevor Lawrence was thrown to, and specifically you look at guys that Mac Jones is thrown to, these guys are, like, the guys that Mac, Mac Jones is thrown to winning Heismans and, and going all top 10 in the draft. 
Justin, how many how many Ohio State wide receivers do you see in the first round here? Justin Fields just he's he's just I think he's that good. There are some reservations I have about him. I do think he he's a sucker for a blitz. If he sees guys coming at him, I do think he um he can he can freeze a bit uh, under the pressure. I do think that that he can make all the throws, but sometimes he gets scared with the tight windows. He tries to push the ball downfield, but he does get scared about tight windows. Um, he doesn't use his checkdowns, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But like I said, when he if he struggles with a blitz and can't use a checkdown, that's a problem. You know, you're going to be taking ten yard sacks. You're going to be taking. Maybe you're going to be throwing interceptions, maybe because you're throwing whilst you're getting hit without throwing to just your your um, your halfback underneath, you know. And certainly at Ohio State, I mean, I know he's he specifically went from Georgia to Ohio State. Ohio State quarterbacks tend to get stuck on their first read, and that is maybe a product of of their offense. But they do like a first read, and it's very much an X receiver based. Um, ex-receiver-based system. What I mean by that is they work their systems very hard to get one guy open. Um, as in, like, I'm, I'm talking to, to, the, to, the, to the people who listen to the pod who doesn't know what an ex-receiver would be. An ex-receiver would be your first receiver. And they, they their system works so in the, in the way that they work very hard to get that guy open. Their systems and their schemes work hard to get that guy open. Justin seems to get stuck on that guy quite a lot. Um, which is it's it's the it's the product of their system, which that's why I'm saying it's not so much of a down, but he will have to learn to scan the field if he goes here, and like I, I think that works perfectly for the Falcons because he works under under Matt Ryan for two years, learns how to pass the ball in an NFL system, and then has the physical traits on top. His athleticism is immense, so I think that Justin Fields is perfect is a perfect fit for Atlanta here for. Alex, he, he holds the ball too long. I think that's going to be something he's going to have to work on. For sure. Especially if you look at what's happened to Matt Ryan in the last few years. What I would suggest for a question for you would be, if the Falcons go 0-3, 0-4 with Ryan under centre, how long does it take the fan base to start wanting fields in? And is he going to be ready to do that? Just a very quick question, I think, for yourself. But Yeah. No, for sure. I I, I expected some something to come out of here. I mean, there's a uh, if anyone was wondering... I did have Jamar Chase on my mind, um, and I did have Micah Parsons on my mind. I think the fun, the Falcons' front seven definitely needs some sort of rejuvenation, whether that comes from pre agency or whatever. I think Micah Parsons, uh, the linebacker from Penn State, is a is a big big personality. Never mind a, a big big player, and and he could have done perfectly in that system too. He could have could have been the voice of that defense. I think um, from to answer your question, Ross, I think. The Falcons go not uh, zero three zero four to start the season. I think you might start hearing um, their new coaching staff, you know, uttering, uh, "Oh, Matt Ryan has a niggle here." You know, he might have to start Justin Fields the next game, and you might see him getting a quarter here or there, seeing how he goes. I do think he's NFL ready. I don't think he's NFL. Um, I don't think he's going to be one of the top twenty quarterbacks in the NFL if he starts this year. But I do think he'll be if he if he learns if he can learn quickly, which he's proven to do. You know, we 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 seem to forget that he played two years. Uh, he played a year and then and then a little bit of the second year at the Georgia Bulldogs, and then he just moved straight away to Ohio State, which is um, in its in on in and on of itself is a 
is a tough thing to do, not only for a person, but specifically as a player. And he learned that system very well and he proved to be a very versatile guy. And he learned, he picked up that, he picked up that playbook seemingly with perfection and, you know, went on to win a national championship. Um, so, I mean, like, to, just to answer your question there, Ross, I, I don't think that the Falcons would would think twice, you know. Um, Matt is in, is near and toward, he's no, nowhere near the end of his career by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think the Falcons will hope that four is the highest they're going to pick over the next few years. And it makes sense to to get their quarterback of the future here. Yeah, make or set Matt Ryan. But, um, That's what I mean. Uh, you, you've got to you've got to have faith in your guys that that yeah. that like I think we do with 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 Teddy as well. I think the Falcons would have at that point to have faith in their guy that he's not going to throw a panic attack and and and, and <laughs> up ship and and piss off. You know, I, I think that I think that Matt Ryan knows knows enough now, and obviously they've got the new coach and stuff coming in, um, and I think that this, I as we've seen plenty of times in the NFL. New coaching staff generally means that they're not all out, all in on the guys that they didn't draft. So I think drafting a new quarterback makes a lot of sense for them here at four. Yeah, but then again, as you said, puts Matt Ryan under fire. But at the end of the day, he's got to be expecting the quarterback of the future to come in at some point. So, sure, yeah, like yeah. I, I like for me, I would have, I would have considered a linebacker, but I, I can understand why you would, why the Falcons would do that. Yeah, I did it's have something. Some- it yeah, it is something that needs to be done really for them. And oh, again, yeah. raw talent. Something that I yeah, exactly. Raw talent, and yeah. and and his his uh, his ability to learn that playbook was was something that was massive to me in making that pick. All right, guys, next one, uh, pick number five. Who's Ross? You're making this pick, are you? I am. Yes, and I the Bengals it, pick. Yeah, Nathan ruined it for us because I think you know what what's going to matter in Cincinnati is keeping Burrow upright this season if he's fully fit. Yeah. It killed them last year. But I think if Sewell's not there, Sewell's the natural pick mm. there. I think my second pick was actually going to be, and I didn't expect him to be there, but would be Jamar Chase at wide receiver just to give okay. um, Burrow something to throw to. I think, personally, I think it's a very wide open division in a, in a strange way. I think there's a lot of unknowns in the AFC North. I think um, the Browns could be the team. I think, and I just think the Bengals need to get more explosive on offense, if the ability to protect Burrow at someone like Sewell, I think he was a, a really good player at five. I think if he's gone, they'll, they should go for the best wide receiver on the board. I think Chase is only about six foot, might work against them because you might not just be able to throw the jump ball to him. Six one, I think six one, yeah, six one. Different things, but I do think he just gives the Bengal fan base again something a little bit more to get excited about. I thought Burrow looked good, even though I think they were probably one and five when he went. Down. I don't think they were setting the world on fire, but I do think it's an opportunity for them to really kind of do what the Colts did with Peyton Manning and just give him the weapons he needs to, to try and do something because they will be hoping not to be picking this low again. And I think um, Sewell would be, I think it has sort of thrown it wide open. I don't agree with Waddle being on there as the best ride receiver. I think it is Chase. And I think the Bengals at the con gets, I mean, Rashawn Slater is a good player, but I don't think he's he's worth giving up the number five for. So unless they could trade down to get him, or take Chase and, and just try and give Burrow someone to throw to. But I'm not sure what the cap situation is. Someone might know. I think they'll need to address the, the line in free agency or some other way if they can. Maybe they have to trade into the other rounds. But um, 
yeah, Sewell, I think, was such the, the best player in that position. But after that, I think you've got to go wide receiver because the next talent's a little bit lower down that list, I think. So um, if we're doing a no-trade draft here, then I'll take Chase and go that way, Alex. So For sure, for sure. Um, and I think I think he was very smart. You know, he played his last year with, your 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 right in saying uh, his last year, he won a natty champ with, with Joe Burrow, I think. Re- reuniting the two, I don't think either will be di- very displeased. Jamar Chase um, was in the running for the Heisman last uh, in the year that that uh, that they won the national championship, and obviously he opted out this year. I think he opted out because of COVID, but I'm pretty sure it was mainly because LSU weren't going to be a great team this year, and it would definitely would have damaged his his draft profile to to play in that system when. Who, I haven't heard any a peep, a peep no poke of of, of um, LSU's LSU's season this year. Um, so Jamar Chase, obviously coming off a coming off a year not playing, Ross will he be able to will he be able to slot in straight away? Could playing with uh, playing with T Higgins, um, who came from Clemson last year, will he be able to slot in straight away? I think so. I think there's a, I think we've seen a change to more of the college offense, and I think these wide receivers that you used to have a bit of reservation about. I think it probably started a little bit with Julio Jones when the Falcons give up quite a lot to get him. I think there's been a bit more, you know, want to get good wide receivers and just put them in there. You saw what the Vikings did last year with theirs. What a, what a you know what a deal that turned out to be for them. I think he can go in there. I don't think the Bengals are expected to do much. I think if they go six and ten or seven and nine, I think especially in that division it would be seen as successful. So I think getting the weapons in whilst they're cheap gives you the money to to protect those players, but um, they're not the most explosive team, the Bengals. I think they've got a lot, quite a few needs, really. But um, like I say, I think Sewell would be where he will go on the night. I think it'll be Sewell at five, but I think if he's gone, they might just pick the best player on the board who's not a quarterback. That'd be my thought on that one. So Fair enough. I, I think I think you could, you could be right there. And uh, a tackle certainly does help him in this spot, but so does, so does a, a wide receiver. Like you say, if you if you have so many good wide receivers to throw to, you maybe, maybe don't need a tackle. And I think the salary cap coming down, there'll be some teams have to get rid of some really good O-line players. I think the Raiders are yeah, one of the yeah. teams. The Bengals could be aggressive that way if they wanted to be, um, to, to cover that side off and get experience in that way instead. So there is options, but yeah, yeah that's where I'll go. And that's an interesting take as well, because I think I do think with the with the cap coming down, people are, will be wary about paying tackles big money. And then if you see tackles leaving... Like there's going to be no big money coming in because nobody has that that cap room because of the cap coming down. So I think you will take big name tackles, your Trent Williams or your Ronnie Stanleys or these guys taking reduced deals closer to draft day when they realise, oh shit, like if we want to play this year, we're going to have to sign with someone. And I think you'll see teams taking advantage of that. So although this draft is chock full of talent at, at, at tackle and at guard, I do think that um, maybe on draft night we'll see a little bit of a of a reduction in the amount of tackles coming off the board in in the first round because of that. I think which what will be a good market for tackles in in in, in free agency. Perfect, Ross. Thank you very much. Um, number six, Joe. You're picking for the Philadelphia Eagles. For the Philadelphia Eagles, exactly, mate. So with some of the picks here, I'm starting to doubt myself, but I'm going to stick to my guns here because some of the wide receiver talent here is still unbelievable. I'm going to go with another quarterback. I'm going to go for Trey Lance. 
Wow. Very, very wow. rogue pick. And I knew this would annoy everyone because I know a lot of people are going to have him picked. Look where Trey Lance is on my board. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from North Dakota State. Right. First of all, eight, six, I know, massive pick. I'll say what's bad about him, obviously, now. that like He's raw, lacks a lot of experience, yeah. Obviously, locks to his primary read and slow to work through progressions. Again, these are stuff that you don't want to hear about the quarterback. But what I will say, this is one thing I always go through. He has the physical and technical ability to be a great player. Um, his, obviously, people are comparing him to Lamar Jackson, which I think is a bit unfair. Like, he is quick. He he runs into players almost like a running back, which is obviously something that he's going to need to get coached out of. Because as a quarterback, you can't be running head first into nose tackles, expecting to bowl them over. Um, he's one of these players that locks onto the primary read. If he can't find it, he will just go. Which I don't know. Like with Philadelphia's terrible O line, he might work out to a bit of an advantage because he probably won't have enough time in the pocket anyway. Um, he's another person like Zach Wilson with incredible arm strength um, something that you can't really teach into someone you can lose it but I think it's very hard to gain it um, with Jalen Hurts personally I don't see him being the quarterback of the future for the Philadelphia Eagles so that's why I've, I've gone risky I know and there's, there's other quarterbacks there to go for I, I just think he's the, per- he's the perfect fit for him um, he's, he's just got he's, he's got the talent to be an NFL starter. It's just a lack of play time and development. Um, you can put him under Hurts for the first season, and obviously the Eagles are quite comfortable and just if they're not doing well, just get rid of the quarterback and bring him in. That's what that's exactly what's happened to Jalen Hurts, and we've went out the picture. Um, I just it, it'd be a good fit for him. Fair enough, man. Um... Wow, I don't, I don't I know. I, know. I, was, I was a bit. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, not that, it's not. It's not so much that uh, I didn't expect him to come off this early. It's more just like I didn't expect the Eagles to to be so to be so aggressive. Maybe mm. uh, I, I don't know if they if they're all in. I haven't. I haven't. I don't follow um, any Eagles accounts. I don't know who would. Um, that's yeah. a that's a really bitter organization right there. Um, but. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if they're all in on um, yeah. on Jalen on, Hurts. See, on Jaylen I Hurts, just yeah. think with, with the QB talent this year, that I, I just think they've got to go for a quarterback. And if you, if you want the next dual threat quarterback, he's the best option. Okay. And that seems to be the way that the NFL is going. And he has the potential to be the next dual threat quarterback. Quite comfortable. Yeah. I don't know if you saw anyone saw any of uh, Trey Lance had his pro day yesterday. I don't know mm. if you saw any of it. I, I watched it because uh, I really hope this doesn't happen uh, in the real draft because I want Trey Lance. I'd love to have Trey Lance on my team. Um, but I don't know if you saw some of his throws. Some of his throws, he was throwing absolute dimes. Man. Dimes. Absolutely. He's real. He's actually real. That's why I put comparisons with Lamar unfair. He doesn't run like Lamar. He's not agile. He's quite quick and strong. And Very he strong. Can actually, he can actually throw the fucking football as well. Yeah, he's six. He's, as you can see there, he's six. He's six three. Um, yeah. but six three two two four. I think yeah. Lamar's about six two, one ninety. Lamar's yeah. slim. Trey Lance is, is more of a smaller, ver- a smaller as in like a, a condensed version of Cam. He's a big runner, a strong runner. He's not going to run. He'll run around you, 
but he'll quite happily run through you as well. Yeah. Um, which is, I think which that's is something that everyone. needs to be coached out of him, though, personally. If I was looking for him to be a franchise QB, I don't want him running, kind of run over the ends. So is like, he sitting, you, is he sitting like, behind her? Sorry, sorry, Ben Gordon. Uh, or is that, he starting straight away? It's a great question. I would like to see him start, but I think you'd have to sit in behind Hurts. But behind if I was an Eagles fan, I'd want him drafted and him to come straight into the team. Mm. But at the end of the day, I don't control like, the organisation and what that does in the dressing room and all that kind of stuff. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I, I do really like Trey Lance. Like I say, I, uh, I think he would be someone on draft day come the end of April that I would like to see the Panthers go after. Um, whether yeah. that means trading up, obviously we've got, no, we got no trades in this draft, whether that means trading up if we do get wind that the Eagles may be interested or that yeah. um, the, the Falcons are taking fields and, and, and the Jets yeah, are taking Or whoever those. trades up to get whoever gets Miami's pick as well. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah, perfect. I can I can see that happening, man. I can see that happening. Perfect. Uh, Nathan, Lions at seven. Yeah. Um. I was it's a deep wide receiver draft, so I was thinking about a wide receiver here. But um with the new coach staff coming in, I think one one area they do definitely need to improve on off last year was defense. I'm gonna go with uh Micah Parsons, linebacker. I think um I, I don't know a lot about college football, I don't watch loads of it, but the bits I've heard about this about Micah Parsons, he he sounds like a very big uh very big talent, I think. We mentioned about Devin White earlier, and I think people are saying he can be he can have a similar impact in terms of sideline to sideline. I think someone like that coming into the lines instantly makes them a better team on defense and instantly makes them a little bit more scary to play against. I think they've got a long way to go in terms of building the team. I mean, you've got Jared Goff at quarterback, and I think he possibly needs help. But I think in terms of if it's a long term rebuild, which I think it is there at Detroit, I think Micah Parsons is a good way to start it off with a, a solid linebacker for the next foot. Like, Five to ten years. Yeah, um, certainly Michael Parsons, as you see, where he, I had him on my board, he was, he was, uh, I think he was number eight there. Um, I, I rate him a lot. I rate him a lot, man. He's a, he's a, he's a stand-up person, stand-up guy, um, but he does a lot on the field. And like we've seen, um, linebackers are becoming like safety. Safety's becoming like linebackers. This guy certainly moves like a safety. Um, he's very fast, very big, very strong. I think we saw there six two, six three. Is he six two? Yeah, two hundred and forty-five pounds. So. You're not moving him. He's a, he's a big boy and he moves like a little boy. Um, he's, he's very fast, sideline to sideline guy, can play anywhere between the numbers. Um, and like you say, these guys playing in the middle of the field now, they're all, they all look like each other, man. They all, they're all athletes. Um, he's a big boy in the run game, can come up to the line of scrimmage, stop you, uh, stop you getting, getting, getting beyond the line of scrimmage and he can drop back into coverage. He's mainly, a, I'd say, he's mainly a, an off the ball backer. Um, what I mean by that, uh, for the for those listeners, he's he's not so much a coverage guy. He's gonna come up to the line. He's gonna be physical with you at the line, um, and he might go into man. He's gonna drop into zone a couple of times, but he's gonna be mainly schemed to come at the ball, so to speak. Um, Rare to see a backer go this early, man. I, I I do agree. I think Parsons is one of the better ones to come out of college in the last couple of years. I do also think the Lions maybe trade this trade this pick um, in, in, in I reality. I think I, when I was looking at the, I think the two picks I've had so far, I was looking at them and I wouldn't be surprised to see either team trade out of their positions. I think yeah. there'll be teams looking in and in at the top 10 thinking 
our man's there and they, I think the people will go after them. I think I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple of trades in, the, yeah. in these positions. Detroit's head coach had that car crash press conference where he was <laughs> biting people's kneecaps. I do think they might go strong on defence just to try and build that, you know, the North team that's hard to, to go to and do something with because they're, they're stuck at quarterback with golf. But Parsons, I think, I had him going between seven and nine, I think, in the draft. And I think it would make sense. But I do agree. I think the Lions could trade back, but only if someone like Trey Lance is still available for somebody else would I think they'd do that. But um, yeah, it will be interesting to see what Detroit do. And I think that's quite an interesting pick, actually, Nathan. So you are ruining my draft board, though. So. Uh-huh. It's getting personal now. So. That was the plan. <laughs> yeah, Nathan, I, I, I do think he's good. And like Ross said, you do need a certain sort of guy that's going to play in in that Detroit team with um, Dennis the Menace, whoever is whoever's head coach there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Parson fits the bill and, and he's a great guy to, to, to build a defence around, like we said. Um, the Bucks ne- wouldn't necessarily, like, in my opinion anyway, wouldn't have necessarily had a good has uh, as good a run at, at the Lombardi if they didn't have if they didn't have Devin White controlling that you know, like, like you say you have a, a linebacking core of three guys sometimes if you play a four three defense if you play a four three defense sorry you couldn't say that right um you have three guys people like Parsons people like Devin White almost take up that middle of the field by themselves and they play linebacker especially with in the run game and in the short passing game, they can they can play that field by themselves. So, if you have a guy like Micah Micah Parsons in your team in the top ten, I don't think the guys from Detroit are going to complain. Great pick. Um, okay, here we go. First home pick. Um, thanks, Joe. Um, I really want the Trey Lance. Here. <laughs> really, really want the Trey Lance to uh, to come to Carolina and to kick Teddy Bridgewater in the touch. That's not happening. And I've seen so, so many, um, so many mocks and so many people coming out saying now that um, Mac Jones mm. isn't dropping past eight. I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not jumping on that bandwagon, man. We saw last year Tua coming out of Alabama um, with the weapons that he had didn't quite translate. It's yet to be seen whether it will. If it will, I'll eat my words. But Mac Jones coming off his year that he's had this year. Um, I think the word re- system quarterback, I think, is used for Mac Jones. Isn't yeah, it? he's he's not like I I, I think the, the the way that we need a quarterback, I think that works anywhere in the NFL now is you need to be quite mobile. Mac Jones isn't that guy. Um, it's tough. It's really tough because. Like I said, like I explained before, the Panthers really, really need to address quarterback. As you can see on the team needs here, quarterback is number one. I, I just don't, I just don't want to see myself taking Mac Jones here. I, I, I don't see him as a as a franchise guy. I, I can't see myself wearing a Mac Jones shirt in five years' time. You know, I think Panthers here. Kyle Pitts, we can all agree, is a generational tight end. Probably one of the best tight ends to come out of college in a while. Do tight ends translate well to the NFL? Coming well out of college, a pass catch and tight end. I don't know. Hawkinson, it's done all right. Huh? Hawkinson from uh, Detroit. Yeah, yeah he was a late round. He was a late round pick. Though, round so why am, am I gonna am I gonna spend number eight on 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 a tight end hoping that he's okay? I don't think so. Um, I'm gonna. 
with the with the team that the Panthers have at the minute, I'm going to get our lockdown corner of the future. I'm taking Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech. I'm taking Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech. Listen, in the past few years, um, the Panthers have been unwilling to spend money at corner. We let um, we let. Uh, What's his face? We'll walk to the walk to the uh, New York uh, Giants. Uh, oh, I can't remember his name now. I, I, as you can see, the the franchise guys that just walk. Um, I don't remember their names because they they're dead to me. Uh, uh, James Bradbury, sorry, James Bradbury. Um, he was a he was a number one corner. Easy, let him walk. We were gonna franchise tag Josh Norman after the 2015 season. Let him walk. Mm. You know, for whatever reason, the Panthers don't seem to like spending money on corners. Um, we've got Dante Jackson now. I think he's a great, great second corner. I don't think he's a number one guy. He's really fast. He's a ball hawk, but he's not a shutdown corner. He's a zone guy. He's a zone guy. He's not going to shut. He's not going to shut down your number one. Um, for this reason, I do think Caleb Farley. He's a converted wide receiver. Um, haven't watched his tape. He is. I don't know if you can see his measurables here. He's 6'2", 197. He's a big, big-bodied corner. I highly expect that... I don't know when Virginia Tech's pro day. He's going to run a 4'4-less. I'm pretty sure he's going to run a 4'4-less. A 6'2 guy at 200 pounds who runs a 4'4", who's a ball hawk, who has football skills, is someone that I want on my football team to defend defend a, a line. I, I see a lot of um, Jalen Ramsey in him. He's a big guy, big-bodied guy. He's going to be... He will be involved in the run game as well. I don't think he's going to get pushed around by anyone. And I think that Caleb Farley comes in to, to shut down that one side of the field. I think I think that's where we go here if, if we don't pick. No, I, to be fair, I know I, I've shafted you. I've taken your quarterback. I, I can't fault that as well because Caleb Farley is, as you said, he's shut down in man-to-man coverage. So if you've got a guy that can read the zone and you've got him as well, like, especially with your mad fucking defensive schemes that rule plays, like, it, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. And it's a rib. And I was hoping, as picking Dallas at pick 10, that he would still be there for them because he's another, that's another team that yeah. desperately needs players in the secondary. These and three like, these three picks in a row all need corners. All need corners, like, desperately. Well, to be fair, you'd take anyone. You'd take a safety or a corner in any of them three picks. It's that bad. But no, I think I think it's a great pick. The, would he stay on the number one receiver, Alex? Or does do you line up the sort of the old Seattle way where you just cover the field and like on your side and you pass it off? Or would yeah, it be the way the way that we sorry to interrupt there, but yeah, the way that we the way that we run the scheme with Phil Snow, the, the our defensive coordinator, uh, is is we stay match we match the field. So one one guy will play one side, one guy will play the other. We play a lot of zone. I hope, I hope that goes down this year. Not necessarily that we play man all the time, but I hope it. Uh, it we reduce the amount that we play. That, that we play man. Uh, play zone. Sorry. I mean, personally, I think even if Lance is there, I would take a really good corner. I think watching the Panthers times last year, your secondary was awful. Uh, I think you gave up so many players to the team where you were in games. You. Mm. You remind me of a bit of the Niners. You were in a lot of games, but you just give up too many big players. And I think if someone like that's there and Teddy's going to cost you 20 million, then I, I wonder if it's just worth sticking with it. But um, yeah, if I think I think there could be some moves further up the board if Farley's still there as well, if I'm honest. I think on the real night, um, mm. 
player of his talent if he's still available at eight. I think there might be some other teams looking to trade to get to him. Um, I think they might be looking to trade with Detroit or someone to get to him. So yeah, and I, I don't know if anyone else had anything different, but Farley's my one corner. I don't know if Patrick Sertain is anyone's number one, but uh, Farley's my one. Yeah, Sertain's up there, but he's not mine. Farley's by far the best corner in the draft. Yeah. All right. Perfect. All right, uh, Ross, you're picking. No, are you? Yeah, you're picking number nine for the yeah, Broncos. Broncos. Yeah. So, I mean, the Broncos are, are a bit of a car crash at quarterback, but there'll be nobody left, I think, for them to really. So, and I think they quite like Drew Lock for some reason. So, I don't know how this weird. <laughs> so, just to spin this out a little bit, um, I think Denver on the night will take Micah Parsons if he's there, and I think they'll take Caleb Farley if he's not there. Mm. And I think if they're both not there, they'll take Pay. From the edge of Michigan, I think Denver need to be stronger coming off the line. I think they need yeah. to hurt teams more. I think it's a tough division that they're in. They've got two really, I think, two top 10 quarterbacks in that division that they've got to face six times. You know, they're going to have to take, face teams six times. And I think, to me, they'll take, yeah, if those two players are gone, they'll take pay the edge from Michigan. I think that's where they'll go. And I think they'll look to stick one more year with the quarterback to see what they've got. But Denver, when I looked at them last night, it's actually the home record that's been terrible. And one of the reasons people think is because opposing teams found it quite easy to put scores on them in mile high, which is, as long as I can remember, it was always a tough place to go. But I think, um, I think that's where it goes a little bit different for them. And uh, yeah, so I think they'll take pay off the edge, like I say. But I, I do expect on the night that if if they see a lot of early movement quarterback, if Philadelphia do what Joe's suggesting and, and throw the whole draft wide open, <laughs> I think um, they'll, they'll, they would move up to get someone. And I think it'll, if Parsons and Farley are gone, Alex, I think they'll take uh, pay for at the edge of Michigan and um, just make themselves a bit tougher to beat. But I think Nick Fangio, he's a defensive-minded coach. And I think he's probably one of the coaches who's under the most pressure this year to do something. Whether it's exciting enough for the franchise, I don't know. With... Um, you know, with the changes up above as well, with John Elway moving up even more, which is how that possible, I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, I think they'll take a defensive player. They'll, they'll take the yeah, sorry, they'll take an edge rusher and, and, and go that way. So yeah, okay, yeah, I do. I do think Quitty uh, Quitty Pay and Philip and Jalen Phillips out of Miami are pretty pretty similar players. I do think Pay has the edge though, and like you say, uh, Broncos are in massive need of a corner, um, but they also need edge players. Uh, Von Miller is not who he was in the past. Um, still there, Von Miller. Sorry, just to... yeah, he is. He, he was dead. He, was he injured preseason? Was he for the whole season or week one or something? Because he's, he's yeah, he was... still there. I don't know if he's still there, like, but like, yeah, I think he is out like, of contract. If like him comes in, like reinvigorate him as well. Like that, that would be the reason I would pick an edge rusher for uh, for the Broncos. Like, because on paper they have a decent defense, yeah. but with like all the injuries and stuff that they were having, they just need that like spark. To come up the team do they still have? Do they still have the uh, edge rusher they picked a couple of years ago? Like Chubb or is, is he called? Just Bradley Chubb. Oh, Brad Chubb. Brad Chubb. Yeah. yeah, I think I think I think they do. Yeah, but like I say, I, I think none of these picks have worked out for them. So. They still so really go need a, a guy off edge. Yeah, yeah. they need they need a guy. Pretty plays a he's a good graveyards guy. Graveyards of edge rushers in Denver, apparently. For sure. <laughs> um, I would be surprised to see them picking in the top five next year. But that's it. they're in a tough division, and I think yeah, where they can quick. Cheers yeah, for them. sure. No bother. Um, number ten, Joe. Yeah. The Cowboys. Um, well, 
I, I, I have to go for Patrick Surtain of Alabama. Like, the, obviously, the Cowboys have a lot of problems. Some of it unrelated to how they can pick players in the draft, like what they're spending on players and things like that. But their secondary, as, as a previous Mike McCarthy watcher, if your secondary is not great, which says was absolutely terrible, like you're going to just leak points. And all they did all season was just like, like almost like the Panthers, like third and 14s, giving up like 30, 40 yard plays like on a consistent basis. Um, so you've got to go for either a cornerback or a safety. And I think the best person left from all the people that we've picked so far has to be certain from Alabama. Um, he... He, he does have, as I said, he's, he's not he's not the perfect he's, he's not the perfect choice. He's, he's a bit twitchy off the line, like he's not good at like changing direction and things like that. Like he's more again, he's more of like a man to man, like pressing coverage on a on a wide receiver. Um, but if you need something to like reinvigorate that that secondary, you've got you've got to go for any cornerback or safety use free that's high ranking for the Cowboys. And with him being the best one, like it's a no brainer to pick him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, he's a he's a he's been a great guy at uh, Bama, and he's mm. his dad is the second because his dad uh, was also a an NFL player, and he Correct. oh, so I think he's going to learn a lot from that too. Um, what about pick eleven? Uh, is that Nathan? At the, at the yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah. Um, this this was a tough one to kind of plan for, but I think the way the drafts fell so far, I think I'm going to go with a wide receiver. I think. The, they need more weapons, the, uh, the Giants. I don't think they've got much going with them at all, to be honest with you. Um, so I think out wide, I think there'll be a lot of debate about this going into the draft, whether who's better between um, Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle. But I've went for Waddle. The Giants will pick coming off the combine. I think you'll have an immense combine. I think that'll sway it for the Giants. I think that's who they'd pick. Who's in that position? It's pro day, yeah. When he, when he plays his pro day. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I agree. Uh, I've seen a lot of comparisons with uh, Waddle to um, to actually like a, a lot of these guys coming from last year, like the, the Henry Ruggs teams, guys with immense pace and immense uh, run after the catch ability, you know. And uh, he seems to he seems to just get open. So fair play. Um, so just a recap then the, the them first picks. You got Trevor Lawrence at number one. Zach Wilson at number two, Penny Sewell at number three, Justin Fields number four, Jamar Chase five to the Broncos, uh, to the to the uh, Bengals, sorry, Trey Lance number six to the Eagles, Micah Parsons number seven to the Lions, Caleb Farley cornerback number eight to the Panthers, uh, Pay number nine to the Broncos, Patrick Sertain number ten to the Cowboys, Jalen Waddle number eleven to New York. And now we are just going to pick the home pick, the, the San Francisco pick. Yes. So <clears throat> for the 49ers, I think, um, you know, I was looking at Mac Jones from Alabama and it, it will be interesting to see what we do if he's still there. But I think I'll take I'll take Christian Darasaw. Um, homed and hard about this. I think Darasaw, it'll be between Rashawn Slater and Darasaw, but I'm, I'm going to go with Darasaw. I think we just need to solidify the, that sort of the part of the, the, the team. I think we're stuck with Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't, I'm not sold on Mac Jones' his arm strength, and I think that's the same issue we've got with Garoppolo. So I think they'll just go at an offensive tackle and just look to strengthen that. 
The Niners tend not to do anything sexy in the draft. And I think this will be another year where it's quite safe and quite just filling the needs. And um, we'll probably be banking on players like Kittle, Bosa, etc., staying fit just to see where we get to. So unless there's a better quarterback than Jones available, I think this is where we'll go. I think we'll look to to strengthen that that position. Especially, I think um, the cornerback would be useful, but I don't think there's anyone as good as what's gone off the board so far that's worth giving up uh, the 12th pick for. So that's where it'll go, Alex, for me. It'll go to Darasaw. It'll be the, between him and Slater if those two are available on the day. So Yeah, and a, another very big guy, a very uh, difficult to move guy, a tackle. Um, he's... He's, 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 he's um, physicality speaks for itself and, and that's half the battle at, at tackle. Hopefully he'll translate his physical attributes to uh, with technicalities and uh, t- his technical ability and, and, and he can improve in the in in the draft. Uh, in the draft, in the in in the NFL season. Um I'm gonna follow you and take the guy that you 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 could have took there. I think he is the most uh, refining tackle right now, the most NFL ready tackle. Uh, Rashawn Slater for the for the for the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, I think the Chargers have one of the most exciting offenses now. I, I do think they're missing a playmaker, um, but because Keenan Allen's a sure thing, Keenan Allen is 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 always going to be one of them guys that catches everything. Um, they now need to protect uh, Justin Herbert, and they, and to do that, they need a they need a tackle, and they need one right now. And I think Rashawn Slater out of uh, Northwestern. Um, his size speaks for itself. It's he's a six four, three hundred and fifteen pounds. I just saw a video the other day of him lifting some stupid weights in the gym. He's a very big guy. Um, he's going to show his athleticism off in the in the in the combine and in his in his pro day. Sorry, and um, yeah, the Chargers will take. I'm pretty sure in the actual draft, the Chargers will take a tackle here. No matter who falls to them, I think they'll take the best tackle available uh, in this draft here. I think Slater is the best tackle, uh, and and they'll take they'll take Rashawn Slater. Number 14, the, the Vikes. Yep. yep. Uh, it's quite tempting here. There's a lot of good players still on the board. I didn't think would be here at 14. Um, I'm, go- I'm going to go for Christian Barmore from Alabama. Right. Again, another, another rogue one. Um, basically, the Vikings need a complimentary pass rusher to Darnell Hunter. Um and this guy probably has the best fit. He's another one. As you can tell, I'm picking players that basically just have raw power, but probably yeah. still like have the finesse of NFL that they can obviously learn. The guy's an absolute beast. Um, he's pretty poor on the run because he is very slow-footed. But in terms of in in terms of like bulldozed you know, linemen in college football, you're not going to get a better guy than this guy that's been able to do it. Um and with how the in gap, that hole in Gatway trade and things went for the Vikings, they need to replace that because since since that all went up Shit's Creek, that they, they weren't the same team. So getting to resurrect that quickly and bring him in quickly to kind of like paper over the cracks would I think be the ideal the ideal turn of events for him. For sure, yeah. I, I, Barmore was was a, as you saw a bit further down on. On my board, but yeah, like these teams that need um, in the inside defensive linemen who need mm. the the tackles who who can disrupt um, will sort of reach uh, if they need some people because there's there's not many of them in this draft. But if you want one in the first round, you're gonna have to you, you're probably exactly. gonna have to reach for one. Yeah, Perfect. and obviously look, we've got like Devon Smith still on the board and stuff, but they don't, they don't need him. Do you know what I mean? Like what what a pick with, what a pick with Jefferson? Like 
that, think... that guy can play for them for a long time and be their number one team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we might see a playmaker coming off the board next. I think uh, with, number, <laughs> with pick number fifteen. Yeah, is that Nathan? Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, it's a tough one. It's got the players I wasn't expecting to be here. It was a tough one to kind of plan for again. New England, they're, they're always a weird team come draft night to predict. But given their history with players in this position, I'm going to go for a tight end. I'm going to go for Kyle Pitts. Nice. I think um, he's, I've heard he's generational, kind of talent in that position. He's like 6'6 six, six or something. Yeah. Big lad. He's very I think big. you've got your quarterback. They've, they've Fine, seemed yeah. to have given Cam another year, which is strange. Mm-hmm. But they've, they've given Cam another year. He's not very good at throwing inside the numbers. We know that. So give him someone who's an absolutely massive target. You can't miss through the middle. And you're giving him your best chance to succeed in that, in that side of the ball, I think. But So yeah, I went for Kyle Pitts. Fair enough, man. Yeah, like you say, I think Kyle Pitts is... Uh... Is a generational uh, style talent. It's just whether you can see that um, translate into the NFL. Uh, as a tight end, he gives you pretty much a, a fourth wide receiver in that position. Um, haven't heard much of his blocking. Don't know how well he can block, but um, I'm sure as a pass catcher, he, you know, you know, he never dropped a pass. Didn't drop a pass for Florida. Never. Yeah, he's got um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he still won't drop a pass because they'll all be five yards over his head. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I think Kyle Pitts there makes a lot of sense. The one at Smith, I also would have thought that is a it would be it would have been a good way to go. Mm. Um, but yeah, if if the Patriots are picking a fifteen and they've got a if they've got Devonta Smith there and Kyle Pitts, I think they'll be very very happy uh, to give themselves another playmaker. Uh, moving on to number 16, the cards. Uh, I think the cards need a couple of things. Uh, similar, apart from their offense, they, they're similar defensively to, to the Panthers. They need a couple of guys. Obviously, I could have gone edge, um, and then but then they decided to, to bring in uh, big paper, some big big books for uh, for one of the Watt brothers for J, for JJ Watt. So uh, they're not going to go edge here. Obviously, they've just paid a big the a, a big. Um, a big wager money, a big, a big, a big lot of money on uh, on JJ Watt. Um, as you can see here, I had I had the biggest need as a corner too. Um, I think that that's where they'll go, and I think they're going to South Carolina. I think they're going to JC Horn. I think JC Horn out of South Carolina is another. He's another big body guy, 6'1", 205. Um, after that first run of of um, Caleb Farley and of Patrick Sertain. Who go earlier on? I think JC Horn's the by far and beyond the, the third best corner in the draft, uh, and I think he he fits he fits them. I, I don't think Patrick Patrick Peterson is the player he was, um, and besides him, I think they need another guy too. So I think he eventually does take Patrick Peterson's place as being the number one corner on that team, and I think it, it fits them here to to take him. I don't think it it it. it uh, it makes sense to go anywhere else other than other than JC Horn. They could have they could have took Elijah Vera Tucker to to try and help Kyler, but I think that their defense is worse than their offense right now, and I think JC Horn uh, fits the bill there. Uh, number seventeen, the, the the Raiders. Yeah, so the Raiders, I think, a make or break season for this team. I think for Gruden as well. I think ten year contract. They've, they've had the same issues for them down the stretch each time. But um, I've got them taken, especially the players that have gone, have gone, have, have taken Jeremiah, Iwosu, I can't say his name very well, but Awosu Kamara. Uh, yeah, Awosu Kamara. Yeah. yeah. I think that's Iwosu where they're back inside. I think 
they lose a lot of their all night this, this year and they might look to do something with that. But I think they need to get better at, at shutting teams down because they didn't really have a problem putting on points against certain teams. They beat the Chiefs in Arrowfield, Arrowhead Stadium, sorry. But um, this is where I think the Raiders will go. But I do think for them, it, it is a big, big thing to get right this year for them because I do think that they just quite, haven't quite hit the mark and that draft's been all over the place in the last few years. So um, if Pitts has gone a tight end, I think they'll take um, Jeremiah at that position instead. So Owosu Kuramora, the linebacker at Notre Dame. The fighting Irish, as they say. Um yeah, I, I can see them going here. I do think, it, like you say, it's a big draft. It's a big uh, draft day for the Raiders. Gruden's maybe under a bit of pressure. Um, he's obviously got some got some clout in 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 that uh, in the war room. So they need to get it right, and they need to get it right fast. Their offense looked good at times last year, um, but they looked very weak on defense. Uh, they need to sort something out fast this year um, because they're running out of they're running out of years to do it. And is Derek Carr the right man as well? Uh, who knows. Uh, Okay, number eighteen. The next, the next Dolphins pick, the mm-hmm. the second Dolphins pick of the of the of the. the yeah, so I was. Uh, I'm going to pick someone on offense because I feel like that would be that would help to uh, ideally. Like if Kyle Pitts was still available, I think tight end would have been a no brainer. But like I'd say, I'd be shocked if he lands at pick eighteen. To be honest, um, I was going to go with Rondale Moore, but because Devonta Smith is still on the board, I'm going to pick him. Yeah. Um, because if he's still there at pick 18 and you need a wide receiver, you're not going to go for someone just because, you know, you're expected. You think this guy might be better. Um, this guy, what, what makes this guy good for the Dolphins, I think, would be his yard, yard after catchability. Um, Tua isn't a guy that launches the ball 40 yards downfield. Devonta Smith isn't a guy that catches the ball 40 yards downfield on a lot of his plays. Um, catches um, with, with his yards after catch and beating cornerbacks and stuff, I'd like the Dolphins have an offensive weapon like him would be, you, you would be buzzing. Uh, whether he falls at pick 18 is another question um, with the way this draft has worked. But um, you've got to go for a wide receiver if you're Miami. And um, with him still being there, yeah. I just got yeah, I, I do think I was tempted with the cards to take him at 16. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the Cardinals are missing a, a top playmaker as well. They've had a couple of uh, swings and misses of uh, receivers in the past couple of drafts. I do think Devonta Smith's a bit undersized. Um, mm. I think he's a bit a bit fragile, maybe. Um, he hasn't really proved it. I, like, he, li- he, lines, he lines up in a lot of places, though. Yeah, Very yeah. similar. He plays a lot like, um, like Devonta Adams does for the Packers, where they just line him up all over the field. Like it's very hard to shut them down with specific players. So if you want to just if you want to just use him on like slant and stuff, you can. You can just give him two or three large little passes and then obviously see what he can do with it. And like yeah. when if you, if you've not picked him as like your star player, like say Miami does keep the third pick, you can happily go for this guy at pick 18 as almost like a risk-free like bet on this guy. Yeah. That's, that's what I'd be thinking. And obviously when he when he when he goes off, the guy puts up like quarterback numbers for a wide receiver. I know it's college football, but is um it he's it, shown He's shown his ability, so yeah. he's got him in the first round. It's college football, like you say, but I mean, he plays in the SEC, the the mm. toughest division in, in the in college football. So if he's putting them them figures up, you know, a lot of them guys do translate and then go and play in the NFL for for other teams, you know. And uh, I, I think that if you're going to find an NFL ready player, 
the SEC is is where you're gonna find. Obviously, there's 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 anomalies, and you find them other places. Mm-hmm. But the SEC is definitely the best stomping ground for NFL that breeds NFL ready players. You know, so mm-hmm. Devonta Smith, there, yeah, definitely. I, I don't think the I don't think the um, the Dolphins hesitate at 18 if Devonta Smith goes. It drops the drop falls to eighteen. Yeah. They pick they pick up their tackle of the future at number three in Penesul, and then they pick up their their wide receiver that, of the that's future. A, that's and, a that's 18. a great draft for the Dolphins if they fit them two players up. It's perfect, yeah. That's perfect. like one of the most ideal situations they could ever imagine. For sure, for sure. Um, okay, nineteen Washington. I think that's Nathan, is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, um, this is a tough one because I was I was hoping that either Slater or Darasol would kind of fall to the this pick because I think that would have been where I would have went with one of them too but considering them off, they're off the board now I'm going to go with Mac Jones I'm going to go for a quarterback because I think they need a quarterback and I think this is, if, if he fell to 19 I'm, I think they'd be tempted to go with him at this point because I don't really think they have one at the moment, a quarterback at the moment at all I think, so. they'd be, I think they'd be tempted to go there too um, like you say I, I've seen so many I've seen so many um Mocks and reports recently that say Mac Jones isn't gonna isn't gonna last past eight and stuff like this. I don't I don't buy the hype. I think he's a good player and I think he's I think he's accurate and I think that's obviously the biggest thing that some people look for in a in a, in a quarterback. Most people look for in a quarterback. You have to be accurate uh, above all else. And I think he is. I do think he gets a lot of help from his wide receivers though at Alabama. Um, he's going back to listen having um, another. Great, great, great college prospect on his team. If he goes to, if he goes to Washington, he's gonna have, um, he's gonna have what is <laughs> some some of my some of my knowledge just goes off the top of my head. Um, what's his face? You're talking about defense for Washington. No, no, no. I'm talking about Mac Jones throwing to um... McLaurin. Yeah, Terry McLaurin. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't think of his name. Yeah, so Terry McLaurin, <laughs> obviously a big, a big, a big college prospect coming out there. Um, and if if Mac Jones end up going to Washington, then McLaurin uh, and Mac they'd have to develop some sort of chemistry. Um, they haven't got many many weapons outside of McLaurin there. Um, but I can see why that they would go quarterback because it looks like at the minute like Taylor Heineke is going to have to going to have to start for them. So. Uh, yeah, they, they, they need to address quarterback in some stretch, whether that be this year, next year, or in free agency. Yet to be seen, but Mac Jones makes sense. Mac Jones makes some sort of sense there, um, especially with the hype that he's getting. Good pick. Uh, number 20 with the Bears. That would be me. Um, I think here, uh, we don't know what the Bears are going to do. They obviously need a quarterback. I mean, they've got a, they've got a, their first round, they've got the number two pick quarterback and a quarterback that's won a Super Bowl ring on their roster, yet they still need one. Um, I don't think there's any quarterback worth taking. I, I don't even know if I would have been tempted, but I probably would have been. Mm, Mac Jones would have been someone there. Um, I think with Elijah Vera Tucker on the board, who I had number 13, I think I'll take Elijah Vera Tucker, the, uh, the offensive lineman, the tackle from the tackle or guard from UFC. I think he's a great player. I think he's very. Um, like I say, I don't think he's quite as refined as as Rashawn Slater. I think Rashawn Slater is the the best guy. But as you can see there, he's certainly the the biggest built. He's six four, three hundred pounds. Uh, he's certainly difficult to move. Um, and he's at USC. He's 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 been playing a good level in the Pac twelve. Pac twelve is a, a good college level. Um, he's given up very very few sacks. 
maybe even none. I can't I can't quite remember when I saw it. I know it was very few. Not sure if it's none. Um, but yeah, the Bears need need help there. And I think after they used their franchise tag on, I I would have said that that the wide receiver was a massive massive need for them. But as they used their uh, franchise tag on, on on Alan Robinson, whether he plays or not is a different question. I don't think they. They use their twentieth pick in the draft on a on a receiver, and I think they go the offensive line. Nobody can get enough offensive line, so I think they they use that and they go Elijah Vera took out UFC. They could tag and trade as well. That would be yeah, true, true. That would be see what because I don't think he wants to be there, does he? I think you're right. No. But is if a quarterback's available at twenty, it doesn't solve their problems if he's no. if there's still a quarterback languishing by then. So they might as well stay away from it and just live with what they've got. But um, is Trubisky being kept on as he? Yeah, he's still there. He's still there. He got, he got, he got given his fifth option, I think. All right, okay. There you go. No pressure on Mitch then, so that's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ross, next, the Colts, are you? Is that you? So, obviously, Carson Wentz has uh, landed in Indianapolis. I think they're about 60 or 70 million under the cap. The Colts always seem to do really well with the cap. So, I think if he's still available, Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver there, to give Wentz someone to throw to, I think... They would probably ideally like to take a better defensive player, but I think um, the, the, they're pretty good off the edge. I think they'll go with a wide receiver if they can get there, just to give Wentz no excuses, because I think they're in a, a one-year wait-and-see with him after the Philip Rivers experiment went okay. And um, I think the Colts are going to be a team to watch, and I think if they can get better, if T.Y. Hilton doesn't stay, and they can get someone in, although he sat out last year, I think, Bateman, if he can come in and, and just stretch the field a bit more for them, there's no excuse for Wentz. We'll see what he's got left in the tank. Uh, he's still a young man, but uh, the injuries might have taken something away from him. So I think they'll go with giving him weapons like they did with Peyton Manning and, and Luck, where they could as well. Whether they need to protect the quarterback more has probably been an issue they've had for 10 or 15 years, but I still think they like flashy wide receivers in, 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 in Indianapolis. So that's where I think they'll go with that one. Yeah, and uh, a big-bodied receiver, Rashad Bateman at 6'1". 210 pounds. I think he, he helps out their game a lot. Listen, TY, mm-hmm. like you said, is probably over the hill in terms of being an elite uh, wide out in the league. Um, he does, he, he does, I think Bateman does need some help, a quarterback. I think he needs, he needs a, a good ball. I think he needs a high pointed pass. Um, but he's very good. He's, I think we're going to see him jump out the, jump out, uh, out of the, out of the stadium in his pro day. I'm not sure when his pro day is, but I think we'll see him jump out the stadium. His, his measurables will be, Will be um, will be elite. Um, he's going to run very fast. He's going to jump very far, jump very far, jump very high. Um, and certainly the uh, an, an elite, if he can convert himself into an elite wide receiver, or certainly a very good one, will will very much help the help the Colts in their bid for bid for a ring. Um, if the Wentz experiment works out, which I hope it does, I I, I think Wentz is 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 too. He shouldn't be written off quite yet. Uh, he should have been written off in 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 Philadelphia. That was that relationship was certainly gone. Um, but maybe a new start helps him and um, rejuvenates uh, what we did see in in a that what was nearly going to be an MVP sort of season a couple of years ago before he got hurt um, in in the when they won the ring. Um, but yeah. Rashad Bateman makes sense to give him, give give Wentz a weapon to work with and give him someone because obviously he's a new in Indy. Give him someone who else who is new in Indy as well that he can start a relationship with and and, and have that have that with. That's that's a good pick. Number twenty two, the Titans. Yeah, 
Um, I'm buzzing here. These picks are just falling for me. I'm going to go straight in. Jalen Phillips. Jalen Phillips. Yeah. Nice so I think you, you knew that straight yeah. away. Like the Titans, albeit a very good team, almost complete on offense. Uh, I, I don't have the stats, but I assume their pass rush must have been like the lowest, if not one of the lowest in the league last season. Like they, they, you, you couldn't get pressure on any quarterback. Obviously, this guy would probably go higher if it wasn't for the fact that he basically retires from football, then he got nearly a career-ending injury two or three years ago and then has come back out of retirement, played another year in college, realised that he's actually really, really good and has obviously made himself eligible for this draft. So that's the main concern. That's why he's going this low, because if he gets another injury, he's probably finished. But he's massive. He's got arms like tree trunks. Like, isn't that what you want from an edge rusher, you know? Can wrap himself around quarterback, slot receivers, running backs. Um, rejuvenises that absolutely terrible pass rush from the Titans. Uh, if he if he falls to pick 22 and they don't pick this guy, then they've, they've really, really messed, they've really screwed up there. Like, yeah. they, can, they can deal with losing players in other positions, but if you can get an edge rusher like that, pick 22, fantastic, and move along. True, I agree. Yeah, I think that the, it makes no sense for for the for the Titans at that point, especially like I say, I had, I had Jalen Phillips quite high on my board. I was number fifteen. Um, he's a like I say, he's got that raw talent. He's got that raw pass rushing ability to beat to beat uh, his man and win the and win the battle on the edge there. Um, whether he's retained that after a couple of years out. Um, who knows and whether it, whether it translates to the thing. That's why, he, like you say, that's why he's gone 22. Otherwise, maybe he would be top five. Well, um, one, one thing I would say as well, so he is massive. What's he? Yeah, six foot six five. five yeah. six, so five. in college, he just runs people over. So he goes in incredibly high. I don't know if you've seen the film. He, go, he runs it incredibly high on these players and just bulldozes them over. Yeah. He won't be able to do that in the NFL. So again, that's a coaching problem, isn't it? Like yeah. at the end of the day, as I said earlier, you can't teach someone to be this tall or this strong or this fast, but you can you can teach him how to be better in his position. So I yeah, the Titans would be absolutely gassed to get someone like him at that point. Yeah. He's definitely he's definitely a, a starting looks looks the looks the part to be a starting mm. uh, edge rusher. And and that's that's what makes him good as well. He can defend the run and the pass. He he, he creates that. Uh, he sets the edge in the run game, mm. and he um, and he gets after the gets after the quarterback in the pass game. So he's definitely going to be he's going to make that Titans team a lot better if if he goes there at, at pick twenty two. Okay, number twenty three, the Jets, the Jets team, the, the Jets pick that they they got traded. Yep, that's me. Um, so they've already early on the draft gotten the quarterback of the future. So now you give him a weapon, I think. I think you give him a weapon and it's Kadarius Tony. I went for. Kadarius Tony, interesting. Yeah, I think um, if, if you're basically going to back this uh, Zach Wilson to be your man, say they do pick on the night, I think you then go... I think there's a few receivers gone already in the draft as well. I think it's a, it's a very strong receiving kind of group this year coming out of college. So I think you, you go and get... Your number, you know, your number one wide receiver, a big weapon for Zach Wilson to be able to, be able to work with going into his first season. Yeah, so that's what, um, yeah. yeah, I like I like Kadarius Tony. I think he's a good um, a good guy, a bit of a short, a smaller guy. We've seen some big body receivers come off the off the boards uh, uh, recently, apart apart from 
Uh, obviously, Devonta Smith, who's a, I mean, Devonta Smith is 6'1", but he's he's a bit of a, a skinny guy. Um, same with Kadarius Tony. He's not the biggest guy, but um, I think he's going to be, he's going to, he's, he's a zippy guy. He's one of these guys that, uh, that gets all around the park. And and he's been, he obviously he was at Florida. He's been, um, he, he worked very well in tandem uh, on one side of Florida with Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts was, uh, controlled the middle of the field sort of Kadarius Tony took care of outside the numbers and, and, and gave them that, that, that speed option down the field. He's going to run very fast at his pro day. Um, which will raise a couple of eyebrows. Might it might like I say, it's it's probably going to jump him into the first round if he does run as fast as he should. Um, and I do think that that, that he will be a good complement if the if the Jets manage to get him as well as uh, Zach Wilson. If they if they take Zach Wilson at two, then Kadarius Tony would would certainly be a good option for them to pick up because, like you say, the Jets have have they don't seem to have massive downfield. Uh, downfield threat over the top threat uh, since well the Panthers took took uh, Robbie Anderson off them last year. Um, so Kadarius Tony should fit in that offense very well and give uh, Zach Wilson more options to throw to. That's a good pick. Um, okay, it's me next with the Steelers at twenty four. Um, the Steelers have a couple of ways they they can go. Again, I think I'm probably leaning towards line. Um, I have quarterback higher on that, uh, higher on this list than than, mm. than this has. I, I do think quarterback is a need for them, though I don't think there's any quarterbacks left to get here. I I, I won't be getting a quarterback here. Um, running back is James Conner good enough? Probably not. Is a quarterback good? I see two staring me in the face right here. Um, do I waste? Do I do I do I take a do I take a running back though in the first round of the Steelers? Is or as a Steeler fan, would they want a running back here, or have? Essentially, this pick is, is, is either going to be Tevin Jenkins, Jalen Mayfield, or Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. I do have, uh, I don't know why this is here. I, I think Hodges, I think um, Najee Harris is better than better, better than Travis Etienne as, yeah, a, as I, an in between in between the tackles runner. Mm. Um, and I have both written down here, but I think that first of all, they've lost Marquis, uh, they lost the Pounces, um, they lost their center. I, I, I think that they're, they're going to want to address. Um, this first, and I, I think uh, Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State would be the pick, um, as opposed to taking a, a running back. Running back, there's too many too many intangibles that you can't control with a running back. Um, and like I said, I, I think they lost a big guy in Pouncey uh, at center, and they need a new big boy, a big a big voice of that offensive line. I think Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State does the job. Um, a big guy, six six, three fifteen. You know, uh, only a three star recruit there, but. I, I, from what I've seen of him on, on tape from Oklahoma State, um, part, again part of the Big Twelve, so he'll, he'll be primed and ready for the NFL. He faced some good opposition, um, and he's got uh, he's he's got good tangibles. He's a he's he's, good, he's going to test well. I think I think he's 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 quite mobile. So for for a for a big big guy, um, and he's he's played a lot of his time there. He's he's quite an experienced as it, as it says here. So I think he's. He's going to be what the what the Steelers are looking for to replace a, a, a very bit part O line and someone whoever whoever their starting quarterback is going to be next year. I know I know Ben's going back. I mean, is Ben going to play sixteen games? Who knows? But it's a very it was a very bit part line last year, and they're definitely going to need someone to upgrade upgrade the their aging and bit part offensive line. Uh, of which and, I don't. And on that, playing. Alex, um, with your pick when you mentioned the running backs. I was it showed I show I saw a video the other day about 
it was in the last like few drafts. There's been a lot of depth in running back, so you can get you can get a very very solid running back in sometimes rounds four, five, six. Yeah. Even yeah. look at last year's draft. You've got it was, a, it was a strong class. I think you had like Gus Edwards and Taylor from Indianapolis. There was there's you don't necessarily need to go really in the first round necessarily to pick your running back of the future. I think you can get them sometimes good value a bit further down. Like if you look at the Packers, we had Jones and Williams both were like fourth and fifth rounders and stuff. I don't think you necessarily need to go first rounder unless you think they're going to be like the man, like unless that's your man. I so agree, I yeah. yeah. I agree, yeah. And I think this, this, the, 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 uh, the draft's so, so high on tackle, I do think, I, I'm, I'm sort of uh, contradicting myself a little bit here. The, there is so many tackles, it seems like going off the board. Uh, um, I, I do think, I, I feel like I've picked tackles for all of my picks. Tackles or, co- or cornerbacks. Um, but yeah, there's it's it's very deep in tackles, and maybe that means that, that there's a lot of talent. So that if tackles do start going early, people will jump on the bandwagon and and get some tackles in. But like you say, there is a lot of uh, the generally in most draft there is value to be had at running backs later on as opposed to in the first round. Although I do think Najee Harrison and Travis Etienne are first round talents. I think they're very good. Okay, the Jaguars second pick. It'll be yeah. Ross, is it? It is, yeah. So they'll go. I think um, you are sort of wondering whether to take them as well. They'll go with Mayfield out of Michigan. I think they'll do that to just give themselves the best chance to make the most of Trevor Lawrence as well. And um, Mayfield sort of under the Harbour school there in Michigan. So, you know, you should be know how to play nasty. Um, yeah. I think that's where they'll look to go. I think they'll look to protect Lawrence as much as they can. Um, I did think they might try and take Barmore if he was still there, but he went a lot higher. Oh, yeah, I- he did. They have the, I think so on the night it'll be interesting to see the go there and they might look at wide receiver if there's a top wide receiver on the board but if this is what's left I think they'll take Jalen Mayfield I think he's scouted well and um, just gives Lawrence that probably a little bit more time to do something uh, with for, that sure, for sure yeah so tough division though so I think it's probably just a less flashy pick but gives them better chances down the stretch in a few more years than, than it will straight away so Nothing glamorous, but I think that's where the second pick. This is the this is the trade from the Rams, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think they'll, they'll they might trade back from that again if there's no one really good. But I think they'll take Mayfield there if he's available. So, I do think they'll take a tackle there as well. Like you say, I think that it's it's hundred percent that they're going to take uh, they're going to take Trevor Lawrence number one. So I think these picks down the line down the stretch, I think they're going to be looking at the the deep tackle class that that this year is, and I think they'll pick the best tackle available, so to speak. Good pick. I like I like Jalen Mayfield. Like I say, I think these two, Tevin Jenkins and Jalen Mayfield, are pretty interchangeable picks um, around this the, the this the back end of the first round. I think they're they're good players to pick up there for teams that that need that line help, which is every team really. Every team needs a line. Um, okay, great. Uh, the Browns number twenty six. Is that Joe? Yeah. Um, so uh, unlike you saying that you're going to draft uh, O line every pick, I feel like I'm drafting cornerback every pick. <laughs> um, I'm going to go for Greg Newsom the second. Second, yeah, he's a good player. Western. I've seen, yeah, I've seen this guy play a few times. Um, what makes me pick him over other people? Uh, obviously, obviously, of a similar class. Like usually, I go for like the athletic, like the athletic freaks. This guy actually has the football knowledge that's quite rare from a lot of. A, defensive players in college football, and then B, defensive players that play in the secondary in college football. It's quite small for a corner. He's only six foot one, um, but he has he's probably the best best at zone coverage in uh, for any player in the secondary in this draft. 
and mm-hmm. with what the Browns have needed. So, um, who's who's their other, who's their main corner that they have, or their main uh, their, Greedy Williams? Yes, that's it. Um, they need they need basically someone on the other side for him. Like their offense is fine; it can stutter under Mayfield, but it's still it's still good enough to get into the playoffs. Um, they just need to basically just shore up that team. And yeah. again, I feel like I need to, I'm saying it with everyone that like a corner or a safety would do it. I feel like with them, it would make them a better team. Um, and I'd, I'd be more than happy to pick him and pick 22. Yeah, I think the I think the Browns, yeah, the, the Browns will be looking for that. Just it's for me, it's just how quick he is and how good his football IQ is more than anything. Um, yeah, has it? Yeah, it's, it's 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 really good. Like again, but the one problem with him is though, like my pick for twenty two, he's really injury prone. I think he's only played like seventeen games in two years, maybe a few more. Um, so obviously that's one massive area of concern. But if you can eliminate that, then then it then it'll, you've got no problems with him. Yeah, I agree. I think I think. Um... Newsom the second, I think, is like you said. He is quick. He's a he's a twitchy player on the line, and um, he's he couples that with. There's a couple of good uh, cornerbacks in this in this first round. I think it's different to last year. Um, he's twitchy off the line, and, and he's got that football IQ to be able to turn his head and and uh, and point the ball at a high point of the ball as well, which is obviously very important in this in this era of uh, pass interference that we seem to get some dodgy calls all the week in the NFL. So it seems like if you get your head turned and and you play, and you make a play on the ball. Uh, it doesn't matter how much other man you play; they seem to knock all that. So I like that, though. I, I like that if the if the cornerbacks actively trying and it's a handsy it's a handsy um, battle between the cornerback and the wide receiver. I think Newsom's going to win a lot of battles if he if he lines up like you say. If they if they start greedy uh, at one side and, and him on the other, I think that they'll have the Browns will have a. Some people will have trouble throwing on the Browns, especially like teams like the Ravens, who are not necessarily a vertical team. Uh, they're going to have to really establish the run in them games because the cornerbacks are going to be shut down. That's a good pick. I like that. Uh, okay, the Ravens are number... Speaking of the Ravens, the Ravens are number 27. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Um, it's a... I think looking at what's on the board, I'm going to go with another wide receiver. Ooh. And given the problems some of the, Ra- the Ravens have had and obviously Lamar's accuracy, I think they need a kind of like a um, big-bodied wide receiver. So I've went for the uh, Terrace Marshall, he's called, I think, six, I think six four. I think kind of suits what they want to do and what they need. Okay. So he's a bit six, more three, six four, yeah. Because it was between him and it was another one I had was Rondale Moore, but he's a little bit smaller and a little bit more like a kind of PAC wide receiver. Where I think the Ravens, what they need is someone who's a little bit more big, big body who can make them uh, catches kind of in the air. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like you said, LS, LSU obviously play in the, in the toughest, the toughest division in the, when they play against the, all of the high-powered teams in, in that league in the SEC. Um, and like you say, um, I think he, he's a very big guy. He's a 6'4 guy. He, I, I think I was, I was going to say that before, um, even though these guys like Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith were on the board, I did think, did have Jamar Chase as number one because I say you look at team that, that, like Henry Ruggs and people like that, not from people from Alabama haven't done much. But you look at Justin Jefferson that came out of LSU and he was playing number two, second fiddle to, to Jamar Chase. And they say, if Jefferson Jefferson's was so good last year, how good is Jamar Chase going to be this year? And then this is this guy is sort of the other guy from that offense, Terrace Marshall. Um, and he was the he was the big guy in that offense. And listen, since Jefferson um, left, 
since for the draft and Jamar Chase sat out, he's he's now recorded double-digit touchdowns for the second season in a row. So I think, yeah, at the back end of this first round, I think player people will be looking for uh, this big-bodied receiver who can who can run routes and uh, obviously has a has a nose for the pay dirt, you know, has a nose for the touchdowns, uh, which he does obviously with. Um, with double-digit touchdowns in his last two seasons at the at the Tigers, um, and obviously coming out of a great of a great scheme um, at at LSU, um, most of them guys who come out of the big schools are are, are definitely ready to play big ball ball uh, from there. So yeah, good pick uh, in Terrence, Terrence Marshall Jr., uh, the wide receiver out of LSU um, to to the Ravens. Okay, uh, there's a few ways I can go here with uh, number twenty-eight to the to, to the Saints. Um, it says they need corner big time, and I, and they do, and and they do. But I think for me, I think that their linebacker core is is lacking. I mean, if you ask me to name one of one of the Saints linebackers, I say pretty much Alexander Loney, and that's the only the only guy I know because he's got really long blonde hair, and you can see it from a mile away when you watch the Saints. Um, I have Baron Browning staring me a face in me in uh, in my face at, at, at from Ohio State there at. Um, at the top of, of that board, um, it's it's going to be it's going to be a pick between uh, Baron Browning and um, Zayvon Collins here from Tulsa. I think they're both different players. Uh, Baron Browning's more of an inside guy, a six three run blocker. Uh, Zayvon Collins at six four, he is massive as well, but he seems like he's more of a he's more of a dynamic guy, uh, and so. <sighs> I'm going to pick, I think I'm going to pick Brown Brown. I think I'm going to pick Brown Brown in here. Uh, he's from Ohio, Ohio State. I think the big school pull, the big school pull got me there. Um, I think the Saints need a lot of help inside. I think their front seven is good. I think they have a good pass rush and I think they have some good guys in that. And I think Cam Jordan obviously has got to the Pro Bowl the last few years. I think they need a bit of help uh, behind that. I think they, they, they struggle a bit. Um, they can get a bit dominated in the run uh, if you get past the front four. Um, and I think Baron Browning helps helps them with that. Obviously, coming out of Ohio State, um, he's played against some big boy opposition. Obviously, a big guy, 6'3", five-star recruit. You know, um, he, he's been, he's he started pretty much every every single game that he's been at there. So he comes with the necessary, you know, um, experience that's going to that's gonna help him to translate uh, automatically to a, to a great player in the in the pros um and listen he's 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 demonstrated that he can stop the run and and, and he's good at great in the past game so i think if if the if the saints can get themselves a playmaker here and on the on the defense i think that they're going to jump and get it so i, I do think it'll be between baron brown and zaven collins from tulsa um like i say i think the ohio state pull and the experience that he's got at that uh, top level of college football i think baron brown uh, has the pull on me there i think i think the, the saints take him I think that's a good pick, Alex. I think they're reminding the Steelers, the Saints. I think they were built to win last year, and I think it it doesn't help them picking this high up in the draft. So I think you know, a player like that's available, but they're in cap hell, aren't they? So oh yeah, they're gonna have to get rid really, of everyone. Yeah, they, so that will be an interesting team to watch next year, and especially who's under centre for them. So um, for sure, for sure, I think it'd be Jameis. Yeah, you think? Okay, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think I think they're gonna. Are you saying that person. as a Panthers fan hoping to play yeah. twice? Yeah, season? yeah. I hope. <laughs> I hope that uh, Caleb Caleb Farley is going to get seven picks in one game left against James. No. Yeah. Uh, here we go then. Here we go. Here's the big one. Yes. So I had my heart in mouth there, lads, because I wanted 
saving Collins and you right. picking Browning is absolute. As I said, these picks have just fallen to me today. Nathan, you're more than welcome to chime in with these, but ah. but like it's, it's tempting. Trevon Murray, as safety, is obviously very tempting as well. Yeah, but as a Packers fan, yeah, the most infuriating thing is how bad our run defense has been for like the past four years some two different coaches like if you have a dynamic running run attack against us you actually walk all over us and I know there's a 49ers fan in this call nodding his head gleefully in an NFC championship where that we just couldn't do anything like I know most of it is good but you, you don't have a guy running 200 odd yards a game against you in an NFC championship that's just not that's just not what happens in professional football and I would have Zayvon Collins over Browning for that reason. Because A, he can read the plays. B, he's versatile. Um, and 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 also for his production, from him playing on different parts, different parts on the defence as well. Um, we, we really, really need someone like that. Um, I, I can see that you've got him ranked like 27th or something to be May fall to us. Um, just depends, but then again, there's a couple of good linebackers that could come to us. Um, we, we've got we've got to go for him, really. Um, it's just like Christian Kirksey, we've got him as well. We've, like he wasn't brilliant for us, but our team will be worse with him not being in the team. Uh, we've 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 got to go for him, really. And it's like whether the Packers do it, I think. I, what was the, I think the last linebacker we drafted in the first round was AJ Hawk in 2006. <laughs> so whether we actually go for this is another question. But yeah, I've got, we've got to have him. Yeah, I, you're I, taking Zayvon Collins. Yeah, I, I, I totally, I totally agree with that. I think um, if you look at what we've lost, what we've lost in free agency as well with Kirksey going, I think it's probably been my biggest problem for like. Yeah. I can't remember how long now uh, the, that middle part of the defence so I think that would be a perfect pick if he, if he did fall yeah, pick, pick up the arse of players like Preston Smith as well he's on a big yeah. contract and he's not really doing anything if he was if he was a rookie you'd be like yeah he's putting up decent numbers but he's literally he's taking off our cap yeah enough average numbers so like if we can bring someone like him to outperform him it either means he gets out of there or at least he starts performing at a better level yeah, it's yeah. more infuriating than seeing that. Fair play, man. I, I, I agree. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna uh, go against you. You're a Packers fan. You guys have watched it all year, and it seems like you're losing, you're losing a linebacker in uh, free agency. No, is is mm. uh, as I said, Kirksey's not brilliant, but we will, yeah. we will be missing something with him. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, good pick. I think uh, I do. Yeah, I've taken, I've taken Brown in there. Uh, a 28 with the Saints, you take Zayvon Collins. Uh, fair enough. So I didn't snipe your pick then, so that, that's going to be you happy. <laughs> uh, the Bulls. The Bulls? <laughs> the Bulls. Chicago Bulls. <laughs> the Chicago Bulls or the Buffalo Bulls, whichever. Uh, the Buffalo Bills are picking a 30 in the last, yes. the last stretch. Who's Ross, yeah. are you picking these? Yeah, I'm picking these. So I think, um, I think the Bills, their running game revolves around the quarterback. And I think the reason for that is because I don't think the, the, the offensive line's any good. And I think Liam Eichenberg, if he's still available, I don't think he's the most talented player in the draft, but I think they need to get Singletary more in the game to take some of it off Josh, uh, to take it off Allen. 
quarterbacks that run around as much as he does and you saw what happened to Cam Newton, that's a recipe for a shorter career at that elite level. And I think if they can make themselves better on the line, I think they'll become a more effective offence. And I think they're only probably that position away from making a real run at the at the Super Bowl again next year. So I think that's where the Bills go. I think it takes a bit of the pressure off Allen, allows it to be in the pocket a bit more and uh, he doesn't have to take off when he's, after his first read breaks down. They've got the wide receivers, We've got the quarterback. I think that's the one piece that they just need to strengthen. And um, a bit like the Packers before, the Packers get Collins. I think if in Eichenberg's still there for the Bills, I think those are two teams that could go to the Super Bowl next year because they'll address the big issues they've had. I think it, that hasn't stopped them from getting to that big game. So, yeah. With the Bills. Yeah. I certainly, yeah, I agree. I, I think the Bills running game was a, a big part of why they, they couldn't keep up with they couldn't essentially be explosive down the stretch because Josh Allen uh, as good as he was didn't have anything to go back on so if he had an off day or if he was getting shut down if he was schemed well they couldn't revert to that run game because they didn't have the line for it and um, Singletary needs all the help uh, well every running back needs all the help they can get from no uh, O-line you, you could have the, the best the best running back in the league and they can't do anything behind some revolving door so yeah uh, good pick there I don't actually know much about um, I can from Notre Dame but not the greatest player. I think they'll, 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 this, this, you know, the players that I had for them are, have gone. In that. I think they'll, they'll probably won't be gone on the night, but he's he's limited in some ways. But I think they, they will address that line. And um, mm. the, the books showed that you don't necessarily have to have the best quarterback. And I don't want to slight Tom Brady there, but I think it's it's about the pieces that stop you getting to the quarterback in given time that can help you as well. So I think it helps the run game, but it also helps Allen in the pocket. So for sure, yeah. Address that, yeah. I agree. Good pick. Um, second last pick then, the Chiefs at 31. Who are they taking? Nathan? Yeah. Um, given what's happened, the news coming out there this week that they've released the two starting tackles, I think it's a no-brainer to go here with a tackle with uh, Samuel Cosme I've went for. Right. Samuel Cosme um, from Texas. I think, that, I think that's what they need. I think he was the suitable perfect example of Mahomes running around for his life. And it's a recipe. It's a recipe for disaster. That's why they lost the Super Bowl because he couldn't. He didn't get time to throw the ball. So I think they need, instantly they go and address that in the first round and instantly make some better team. Yeah, 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 for sure. That they're, they're um, their the line is, is certainly their main their main worry. I mean, the defense isn't great, but at least they, they can stay in games with their defense. Like and and Mahomes is making the Superman plays that he does. He shouldn't have to do that. Like he's talented enough to to not to not have to do that. So uh, if they do manage to address the line and, and it works and they find a guy to plug in and, and give Mahomes that help, um, God help anyone in that division, um, they, 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 they look like they, they're ready to take off. Um, but like you saw in the in the Super, the Super Bowl was obviously the biggest, biggest, biggest example of it. They, could, they, they couldn't block anyone. Like they, they literally just, they let them walk through Mahomes. I, th- I think, I can't remember what it was. Didn't Mahomes run like something like 80 yards on one play just to get a pass off or something? He ran 500 yards in the game, didn't he? I think it was the season yeah. quarterback. Yeah, it's it, it was mental. So seeing some of the things he can do, and you, obviously Mahomes even nearly still pulled that off. I mean, they, they didn't get close to score wise in the end, but he had a couple of plays where uh, just if it was it, but ifs and ifs and buts, and um, if they all receivers and tight ends not catching him though, like the plays were still being made by him. That's, that was a shocking thing. How good he was. Yeah, it wasn't quite. Yeah, the final piece of the puzzle just didn't click. 
Yeah, and then obviously if 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 they managed to if if Nahomes didn't have to do that, I'm sure he would be even more accurate and even and even better as well. But I mean, one tackle doesn't solve your line problems, but especially one in the draft. But hopefully they they do find a guy. It would be interesting to watch uh, as a fan of the of the league point of view to for them to find someone to plug in and uh, and hopefully they get that right with Samuel Cosme. He's certainly got the um, the size of a tackle. and he's six seven, three hundred pounds. He's from the Big Twelve, so hopefully he can move well and uh, and be someone that uh, Andy Reid can plug in there and, and help Mahomes out and 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 hopefully get the running game going as well. We saw early on in in the year, not so much later on when when we saw Clyde Clyde Edwards Hilaire uh, get injured, um, but certainly earlier on they used that to their advantage that they that they they did manage to to get him some 100 yard games in the first six games anyway uh, before he before he got that injury and a, and a lineman helped there uh, for sure. Uh, all right, let's finish it off with the Super Bowl champs. Um, the, the, the Bucks, despite having a nasty defense last year, do, do need defensive players, especially in the front. In the front, uh, well, the front seven, yes, but they've signed pretty much all of their linebackers up now. Uh, Shaq Barrett um, did is 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 uh, wary there, and um, obviously they've got. Um, Devin White and they've signed um, their other linebackers to to a long term deal, uh, well two year deal anyway. So that's that's not um, a concern for the immediate future uh, in in this pick. Um, Edge is interesting. Gregory Rousseau there is a player I think that the Bucks would be interested in. Um, he's dropped a fair, a fair while. Um, I've got a couple of guys that Nick Bolton is a linebacker that I think they could use. Um, They've got they obviously got Winfield last year. Trevon Mooring, I really like. I re, I'd be really surprised if he doesn't last in the first round, to be fair. I think Trevon Mooring is a is a, Mourinho is, a, is, a, is an excellent player. Almost like a, a Jeremy Chin that we got from last year. We got him in the second round. I think he's a hybrid safety, safety stroke, um, hybrid linebacker. Um, I think he'd be a great acquisition for someone, uh, not necessarily the Bucks, but for, for someone late on in, in this first round. Um, I'm going to, funny enough, I'm going to go, there's a, there's a guy down here, Jason, Jason Owe, that I had lined up, but I didn't expect Greg Russo to be there from, from Miami. I think I'll take him. I think I take Greg Russo on the edge here. Oi, what's happened here? Here we go. Greg Russo. Um, listen, I think that, uh, the books with with a defense. I I think I nearly took a linebacker. Um, I do think that, that that is their strength and will continue to be their strength. And I think Trevon Murray could have gone there easy, and he could have been the Jeremy Chin sort of player, the safety hybrid linebacker um, to fit in there. Whilst you have a a sideline sideline to sideline guy like um, like Devin White and uh, and a guy like Levante David there as well. I think he could learn. He could learn a lot in that backer core, and he could replace uh, some guys there. Um, but this guy is is has off the chart intangibles. You know, Greg Russo. Uh, he knows how to win on the line. Um, listen, um, the books have Shaq Barrett. If you don't get the production out of Shaq Barrett that you need, who else is the, who else have they got to to win there? They've got Vita Vea inside. Um, I still think that they have room to improve on that line. Uh, so if you have Vita Vea, Shaq Barrett, I'm not actually sure of the contract situation with Shaq Barrett. I know he was in a contract here. Does anyone know if he signed or not? No, I do. 
no. Um, but he's he's been getting multi multi um, double digit sacks for a while now. Um, if he signs again, great. But as we know, we you can never have enough guys on the edge. And I think Greg Russo specifically, if he is there at that time, I think the Bucks will the Bucks will pull the um, pull the trigger on him. Um, listen, he's in Miami, uh, the coastal the coastal league. You know, he, he's they've they've had a really they came off a really good year this year. Um, he's very long. He's very long. He's got a big frame. He can dip. He can move around the the tackles. You know, he's and he can win both ways. He can win. He can beat you um, with a power rush, and he can beat you with a speed rush. He can dip around you. He can go around you. He can spin around you. I definitely think if Greg Rousseau there is there at thirty two, I don't think he will be. I think someone. I think we picked a lot of tackles today, um, and <laughs> um, a big amount of tackles. Uh, but that's sometimes the way it goes, man. One tackle comes and then another one and another one. Um, on another day, someone would have picked a, 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 an edge rusher and for someone else. And, you know, we don't know what these uh, these guys in the head office are thinking. But I think if Greg Russo is, is there at 32, I think he gets snapped up by the by the books. And that would be a problem for any uh, any NFC oh, yeah. South quarterback. For me, as someone that doesn't want the Bucks to improve on last season wants to give the Packers a fighting chance if they sign this guy and he replicates his form anything like that he's done in college they've got a serious weapon to, for us to contend with so yeah, it's, sure. it's, a, it's, a, it's a, I think it's a fantastic pick at 32 if he's there I know we've picked like seven O-linemen but at the end of the day I think that is how it works one guy picks it another team has that as their preferred pick to pick the next guy and it's just kind of like the ball rolls but if, yeah. Yeah, if he's if he's there at 32, well, they'll, they'll have something to really shout about. Yeah, for sure. Um, and if you've got uh, Shaq Barrett on one side, Vita Vea on the inside, Greg Rousseau on the outside, and like you say, if he if he translates his form uh, in college in college ball to the pros, who are you going to block there? Who, who no matter who which tackles we have drafted here, who's which, which what who's going to block all three? You know you can't. Um, and then you have that linebacker call behind them. I think that would be a really nasty defense and and something that that uh, Todd Bowles specifically in in that uh, hybrid defense that he creates that would be a massive issue for everyone in the everyone in the NFC really, but the NFC South specifically. You know we have to play these guys twice a year. Whoever whoever's going to come whoever's going to be behind center for the Panthers this year is going to come out with a black eye if uh, if they have that that lining up against them every every uh, every couple of weeks twice a year. All right, perfect, guys. What do we think of the draft? Interesting? Yeah, interesting. I think there's a yeah. few. I was the one with probably the most rogue picks, like the birds. There's a few rogue ones. What I would say is New York Giants, Jalen Waddell. It's just zoomed on on there. Jalen Waddell will be the first receiver that's drafted. You think and so? I think he is unbelievable. Like He's one of the guys who everyone has their own personal opinions on players. I think this guy's stock is so high. Um, he is, at the end of the day, I, comp- I compare him to the way that the only reason I'd say that he go first is I compare him to how they looked at the draft last season with Ruggs going as the first receiver in terms of your freakishly talented person that they believe they can mould into their system. He is the 2021 version of that. So that's the reason I think he will go really high up. But yeah, I think he's just a quality player. Yeah, me too. I think he's great. Um, but Jamar Chase just seems to be able to get open, which I think is the upside of him. I, you're not when you look at him at LSU, he doesn't seem to jump off the jump off the page with his with his intangibles. You look at his 
his uh, physicalities and stuff like that. And you think, mm, oh, okay, but let, let's watch some tape on this guy. And he's just always open. He comes he comes against these these elite corners coming out of college anyway, not necessarily elite corners in the NFL, but elite corners in college. And he's just always open, which is, uh, it's one of them things to look out for. All right, guys, uh, just to finish up uh, the pod there then, give me your... I want to know your your Super Bowl predictions. Who's who's going to be uh, who's going to be lifting the Lombardi Trophy this year? Ross, who, you can start. Who's who's going to be lifting the Lombardi? Yeah, I'm going to go for the Packers at SoFi Stadium. <laughs> it'll, they'll be taking on the Colts or the Bills, and I've got a funny feeling that it'll be Aaron's turn. I think the Packers are a 26 and 6 team under Lafleur in the regular season. Go under the radar. They just need that signature win, and I think if they can stop the run. They are a team I would be very, very concerned about playing in the NFC. I'm not sold on the books completely. Um, and I do think everyone else is a little bit down on where they were. And I think the Chiefs will miss out and it'll be the Colts versus the Bills in the championship game there. And one of those will play the Packers in California in February. That's my prediction. Interesting. Nathan, what are you going for? Um, I've went, I went for the Bills. That's what I thought. I think they'll kick on again from what we saw last year. They were... Like, where did they get you last year? Was it the championship game? The FC championship game? Yeah, yeah, they played, yeah. Uh, the, the one so, before, the one before, wasn't it? No, was they, it? Played, yeah. they played the Chiefs in the championship. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think, I think they've got yeah, a bit of experience yeah. now going that far in the, in the playoffs. I think they'll, they'll go another step further this year. I think they'll get better. I think Alan will get better. I think they'll, I think they'll just improve again. I think they'll go all, go all the way this year, yeah. I think the Bills. Fair enough. Joe? Uh, Packers to beat the Browns. That's what I'm going to Browns. Yeah. I, 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 as I said, I, I, I have a soft spot for the Browns being, obviously, all of us being like soft, suffering football fans of terrible teams. But seeing the Browns actually come out of the dog shit and actually like achieve something, I just think they have a really good squad. And there's a lot of teams, I think they'd be the Titans, I think they'd be the Ravens, I think they'd be the Colts. Like these, you know, you just need a few results to go your way. Um, they, they come in from the AFC, the Packers come in from the NFC. If we become the nearly men again and lose another NFC championship, we probably finished. But, <laughs> but yeah, hopefully we can take it one step further. Um, and yeah, we beat them in the Super Bowl. Fair play. Um, I actually have it here. I've sort of echoed Nathan now. I think the Bills uh, have as good a chance as any this year. Um, I think if, I think it was Ross picking for the, for the Bills there. Um, if they can shore up that that offensive line and they can get single Terry Rowland, I think they have a, a great a good enough offense with Diggs with the with the playmaking ability of, of Allen with his legs, um, and with and with that um, nasty defense, especially when we get to to November uh, December, if they can shore up that defense because they started well but then they 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 slid off a bit. I think the experience that they got last year will kick on. They're not losing many players this year, especially at at uh, at, at High octane quality positions at the important positions. If they can get alignment in the, in, if they take Eichenberg or if they take someone else, if uh, someone else falls, um, if they can sure up that offensive line and protect Allen a bit more and give Singletary a bit more room so he's running for uh, 80, 90 yards a game as opposed to 40, 50, which I think what we saw this year, I think the Bills have. Uh, I'm not sure if they're gonna if they're definitely gonna win it, but I think if they've got a good chance as any, if they because I think they're the most balanced one of the most balanced teams. I think they're sort of this year's Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay this year were a really balanced team, whereas Buffalo were very inexperienced, um, specifically a quarterback. I think they have 
the experience necessary from last year to be able to, like Nathan said, kick on and um, and put in a good run in that NFC in the uh, AFC sort of the side of the bracket and see who they come up against in the NF- uh, in the NFC, whether that be the Pack or the Niners or the Panthers. Could be either of them three. I think. I think yeah, they're, they're yeah. three. I, think I, can the, I can see the Panthers getting there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> if you can clone about Christian McCaffrey about four or five times, <laughs> you might be able to get somewhere near. Nah, he's going to run for two hundred and fifty yards a two hundred and fifty yards a game. That's what he'd have to do if 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 we were to to, to get anywhere close. Yeah. I think. Mm. And not or get I, splinters from sitting on the bench for being injured <laughs> for so long. Yeah, he's uh, he's yeah he's got sore he's got sore knees after sitting on and uh, sore knees and a cold ass. That's what he, that's what he, that's what he's saying. <laughs> I was sitting on that bench, but he's got the heat as on him. Uh, all right, boys, it's been a long one, but it's been a good one. I've enjoyed uh, every second. Like I say, it's been um, it's been great to talk uh, talk NFL all things ball again uh, in the off season, and um, hopefully we can start you know as the season sort of ramps up and maybe after the draft and um, before the season we can do another maybe a preview show and, and and see what we're feeling after the draft and see how right we were maybe um if uh if if we were right at all if we get any any picks right i'm, I'm sure there's not going to be that many uh One right, I think tackles going off unlikely <laughs> unlikely i think i think you are right ross but i think uh, all the rest of us uh, have struggled a little bit uh like i said boys thank you very much for uh, coming on and um guys if you're listening uh, if you've made it this far, I'm, I'm not sure who has, but uh, if you've made it this far, make sure to tune in next week. I will be talking about something different. All right, thanks very much for coming on, boys. See you in a bit. Cheers, Cheers. Alex. Cheers, Alex. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.